0: Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. On this episode, we are discussing what might be the definitive emo album of the 2000s. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see as we talk about it, as if we're going to give the final opinion on if this is the defining album. <laughs> we are 2000s. the authority. We, we have the yeah,
1: authority. Say. Uh,
0: it's My Chemical Romances, The Black Parade. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, this was released October twentieth, two thousand six. Two thousand six was a good year for albums. Mm-hmm. I feel like label uh, reprise is it reprise Reprise? I don't know reprise right. I think I think we I think we landed on reprise. I don't know. We do this every time, but uh, no, I anyway
1: reprise. I read it reprise reprise dudes. reprise. Yeah, <laughs> reprise. Um, and then
0: uh, you know we got Michael Romance. This is technically their third album, but it's sort of their sophomore effort. You know, when we're talking about Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is their um, debut that really makes a mark. They had an album before that. But uh, so sort of a sophomore follow-up to... I mean, definitely the follow-up to Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge um, and which, you know, had some success, obviously. Uh, they They do this with Rob Cavallo who did... I mean, guys, I went back into his discography. You know, he did obviously a ton of Green Day stuff and specifically... The the stuff that's important to note is that he had done uh, American Idiot and uh, is it Bullet in a Bible that is the follow up to that?
1: Which oh, I don't realize. Yeah, th- th-
0: those are one year apart from each other. Essentially, they I mean, w- they're not two years apart. American Idiot was released in two thousand four. Bullet in a Bible is two thousand five. So that's essentially all Rob did, I guess, in two 2000- thousand.
1: A lot of work. Four that's and five work. or three and four
0: or whatever, and they were obviously a different level of epicness if that's a word uh that had happened from previous green day records we had we'd kind of thrown out the rules of uh green day being a three-piece and it was like we can do whatever we want uh we're making a rock opera um for american idiot and it kind of made a huge impression obviously because that was a gigantic album so you know uh michael mcromance does uh this album with him which i mean when i heard that I think I remember being like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'd like to hear my chemical romance work with the guy that did, you know, that record, uh, speaking of Rob Cavallo, I just feel like we got to talk about him for one, one second and pause for just a one second. Um, so he produced obviously those two green Day albums as well as a ton of other green Day albums and various other ones, but let it know he is. He's produced 14 platinum albums, 14 that he's produced and he's produced the singles or, 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 out, you know tracks on four platinum selling soundtracks too like he did like all the Phil Collins stuff for the Tarzan stuff he did oh that's paramore a big deal. on the um twilight ones he did i mean it's just uh he did the Google doll song the iris from um uh city of angels and the Alanis Morissette song from that album. I mean this the guy is like a he's good at epic you know strings and kind of pulling out all the stops of a cinematic kind of, I mean, to me, that's the important part to kind of point out is that if you've got singles that you produced that were big singles, like huge radio singles on soundtracks, um, you know, soundtracks tend to have songs that are kind of cinematic. And, uh, and, and so he's good at that kind of dramatic um, thing, which is funny because he just started as like, you know, like you listen to the stuff he was producing in the nineties and it's pretty, it sounds fantastic, but it's pretty straightforward, kind of rock and roll uh, stuff so anyway I think He I remember hearing about it and being like that's Kind of the perfect producer for What's coming next uh, For My Chemical Romance guy band that's Dramatic in my opinion so um, So this is basically A uh, self-described rock Opera and I think they say it's Centering on a dying character with cancer Known as the patient uh, We kind of go through that thing he Tells the story of his apparent death experiences in the afterlife and subsequent reflections on his life. There's some looseness there for sure. I don't think that every single track is completely in that. It's a little Sergeant peppers in that way in the sense that it's like, yeah, there's some of it that's going along with that kind of thing, but maybe not all of it. I don't know. Um, uh, In general is well received and reviewed and gigantic um, has four singles on it, um, which are, Let's see. What are the singles on this? I forget. Uh, Welcome to Black Parade, Famous Last Words, I Don't Love You, and Teenagers are the four singles off this. It goes triple platinum in the U.S., and that's pretty good, uh, especially as we're getting further into the 2000s (laughs) when, uh, you know, LimeWire and uh, all these, uh, you know, what was the the big one Uh, that I just... uh, Napster, you know, these kind of things are starting to creep into the, um, sales of stuff, you know, 2002 to 2006 was kind of a rough time for labels in the music industry. Uh, so this is really a a very successful record, um, has some huge videos all over the place. They, they come out with this whole new, you know, Kyle mentioned vampires all the time. Um, when the last Mike Kim record we did, and that was kind of the vibe, you know, it was like the makeup and the, kind of all black hair and stuff like that. And they come out with this one and they have these kind of sort of military Sergeant peppery looking jackets, but black, you know, so it's kind of a mix of this kind of, okay, what was there, but they, they totally changed kind of the vibe. And I, I you know, I really wish that I would have um, been more willing to do something like that at a band at the time. Cause I like, I love the aesthetic of like, Oh, this album has a visual look to it. It has a sound to it. It has a production kind of through line through the whole thing. I just really liked that like all the videos had a, not a theme, but like it all matched. Like it was almost like they had like a, a decorator or someone like that. That was like, right. Oh no, this is the brand for this album. And everything right. has to be on that. Um, which was less, uh, at the time I feel like everyone else was just doing like skinny jeans, studded belts, you know, that kind of thing. It was just, we call all kind of looked the same. Honestly, <laughs> if you were in You're, a band, yeah. you could kind of pick someone out as being in a band. Cause we all looked kind of the same. And it, you know, I feel like my chemical romance was taking it up a notch uh, on the entertainment value. So, you know, that's really kind of a lot about it. It's obviously really influenced by like queen and smashing pumpkins and lots of classic rock. I mean, this is way more of a classic rock album than in my opinion, than it is like an emo album. And I think it's funny that we always make exceptions for like, well, what really is emo? I mean, I think aesthetically Michael McGraw romance couldn't be more emo, but this album couldn't be more rock and roll. I mean, it, it's just kind of, to me, it's a rock and roll album. So, um, lyrically I do kind of emo. Well, yeah, no, it's emo too. Yeah. Like lyrically, I think it's there, um, too, for sure. Um, the, yeah, generally well received, but I did find a, a bad review for it, <laughs> so we haven't Ooh. had one of these in a little while. Let's hear it. Uh, so Theon Weber, which I mean, if your name's Theon, why am I listening to your opinion on music anyway? Um, but uh, he I've said, "Never
1: heard of anyone named Theon before." Me
0: neither. I don't think it's a real Are you name. On
1: Greyjoy. I I could have Thrones.
0: No, oh, I didn't watch that. I don't oh. have seven seasons of time uh, <laughs> to watch a show. Um, he said this is a goofy record <laughs> of bubblegum punk. <laughs> With queen lapping at its edges and enough good tracks to justify the smattering of empty scream fests. I just don't even un- like, again, I read the full review uh, and I go, he kept complaining about the lyrics and I'm like, okay, I, if you're a music reviewer and all you care about is lyrics, you should, I don't know, like pay attention to something else. Like, you like that's not the, it would be a poetry it's poetry if we only care about lyrics you know there are other parts to songs i just i you know i i realize everyone's a critic you know and lo- some people love to hate the thing that is popular but haters uh even if you didn't like my chemical romance i just can't see how you wouldn't think this was a good album at least even if you weren't into this genre or something it's like it's got a lot of really good songs on it um but uh, you know, whatever. I guess Theon can have his opinion. We can have ours. Uh, that opinion has
1: not aged well. I'll say it that. is not
0: aged well. I don't <laughs> think that you know because now Rolling Stone has it in their top 500 albums um, of all time. I think it's in like the 300 somewhere. Not that Rolling Stone has any authority either. They put a terrorist no, on the cover one time. But
1: no, <laughs> but I mean I, it, it, that it is still an honor and a nod to be yeah, a part of that. Absolutely, like that for yeah. sure.
0: I, I certainly would not be upset if someone put me in a top 500 albums of all time. I think that would be, uh, that's, I don't know how you rank them at that point. I mean, like <laughs> now you go like, no, this is right. 363. This is like 362. Yeah. I think you just put it in a bingo hopper until you get to 50 and then,
1: yeah. um, uh, well, you have there. another hopper. It's just Beatles and beach boys that you save for the yeah. top 20. Right. Yep. You
0: gotta, yeah. Take Tom Petty and stuff out of that one. Uh, that wouldn't be fair, uh, to compete with him so yeah, that's that's really kind of, there's not a ton about, I couldn't find, I really tried to dive a little bit. I couldn't find a lot about the making of the record. I can't imagine I, it wasn't fun. Did you find anything, Chris?
1: Yeah, I I, I found an interesting article that kind of talked about uh, maybe, uh, you know, the guy's talking a little bit about, um, um I don't know if you call it imposter syndrome, but just while they were in the studio making the record, kind of feeling... Well, we're doing this just for fun and we're definitely doing something interesting here. But looking at each other and and you know having a reality check moment like, is this good? Like this is really different from you know, three cheers from sweet revenge. This is not just a, a pop punk record. Um and, and you know, they had a few moments. I it sounded like where they had to kind of gut check each other that this big epic rock opera thing was going to to fly off or or not be a complete dud, you know? That they, they they they're using three Three cheers is up for sweet revenge as a jumping off point, and they're either going to like jump off the diving board into platinum success or jump into the abyss. So, it sounded like it was a interesting time for the band um, while they were making it.
0: Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to make a follow up album to a successful album. I think you hear that in interviews with bands all the time where they talk about how there's just a lot of pressure. Once you have some success in your belt from labels, from, you know, all sorts of just industry people around you, but also fans. And, you know, it's like, you want to change, you want to evolve, but not change too much. You can't, you know, it's a real tricky thing that, I mean, almost everyone talks, no one ever goes like, Oh yeah, it's easy to make that second record. I mean, like, I mean, I know this is their third record, but you know, the one that follows the successful record, um, I've never heard anyone just be like, "Yeah, it was a breeze." Um and so and they had some like some real issues. Like we'll talk about. So <laughs> we get into they had some some injuries on sets of these videos and that were like really problematic, like preventing them from touring and stuff. And so I bet they were nervous even post recording it just in the release of it. I think probably everyone was going like, "This, you know, it's like you, the drummer gets injured, Gerard gets injured. They can't tour in the lead up to and do promotion in the lead up to the record coming out in October. Um, you know, so I think that that was maybe, maybe it felt a little shakier to them. And that is weird. That is, that is a weird time for a band between like recording an album and then that that between releasing it, it's like, the you have lull, no yeah. idea what's going to happen. It's like, are people going to like this? Are they not going to like it? Um, I think people were definitely excited to hear this record. I mean, I remember there was a buzz about it.
1: Oh, um, absolutely.
0: For sure. I mean, people were anxiously awaiting. I do remember being like a little thrown off by the first single. Like it felt, I was a little like tilting my head a little bit, maybe, but, um, I didn't not like it or anything like that. I was just like, okay, this could, this is interesting and different. And it felt like a really weird first single, like, I don't know. And we, we can talk more about that when we get to the track by track, but it makes sense. I mean, I can see why they'd be looking at each other going like, have we gone too far with right. having <laughs> Liza Minnelli on a track?
1: <laughs> like, yeah, Have we maybe Broadway taken this a bit far? I don't know. Kind of stuff going on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, okay. Kyle, did you, did, you stuff with did you find anything? Did you
0: find anything on it? I don't know if you looked so, for anything.
1: I keep
2: trying to find, I, I know, I have a memory of, uh, and you can look it up and see the cover. Blender magazine did a big write up on this album, but I couldn't find images of the pages, and they don't have an archive that I can it's find. It's hard to
0: find some of these old articles because they're not online. And if they're not part of the Wayback Machine, it's hard to find them. I, I found all sorts of broken links on stuff where I was looking, you know, I feel like that's just unfortunately 20 years later when you're looking at stuff. It happens. But yeah,
2: it, it sucks because I I mean, I, I was at the time I was purchasing anything that would talk about bands or music that I enjoyed. And, and I distinctly remember reading it and, and I remember there being like, eh, I'm getting at, this isn't factual. I'm now talking about kind of first impression stuff. Should I, should
0: we can I go for, We can, we can, we can blur. Transition. Transition impression. Segway. Segway. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, I distinctly remember for whatever reason, I have this memory of, like press, press releases before you know we heard the record. like it, it wasn't leaked or anything to my knowledge. And so people were talking about how it was the greatest rock and roll record ever. I, re- I remember somebody said that, and I don't know that it was Blender, but I, I know that on the cover of that Blender, it does say, uh, My Chemical Romance, How They Triumphed Over Cocaine, Depression, and Emo. To make a rock and roll masterpiece,
3: <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> rock and roll masterpiece—that's that's pretty high praise, you know. Uh, was, that's that was a pretty solid music magazine at the time, and I also remember being like, "Oh, he 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 bleached his hair. That's kind of weird." And they looked they looked a little different. Yeah, cut and,
0: it. It was bleached. It was which apparently was like a nod to the cancer thing, kind of supposed to make him look uh-huh. like. He was bald or something is what I read at one okay. point. It's supposed to make him look like he was a cancer patient. Which kinda worked with the white makeup and all. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, I just remember there being pretty big hype around it, you know, like everyone was anticipating it, but I loved the band, so I, I don't think I don't think I cared. I was past caring. So um
0: You know, unrelated I mean, sort of related. I have not thought about Blender in a long time, but that was a great music magazine. What a, what oh, a
2: good magazine! I yeah.
0: loved that magazine. I had it. I had a subscription to that too, and I loved it. It was fun. It wasn't too serious. It was very like into the music, and it wasn't trying to be pretentious about it. Dude, it was but a reliable, reliable
2: source it. for finding new music that you didn't yeah. know about.
1: Yeah, they yeah. had great little blurbs like one pagers mm-hmm. with bands. Just a yep. few questions. It was great.
0: Love that magazine, to Blender. Bring it back. Rip. I love that magazine. It was great. God, I haven't thought of that in a while. Uh, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's just keep going into first impressions and stuff. So, Kyle, do you think that helped? I mean, you heard that leading into it, but what was your impression of it when you heard it?
2: Okay, so I, I keep hearing, you know, that they've made this rock and roll masterpiece and everyone's talking about it, but I, like you, the I, I don't even want to say the first time that I heard it, but maybe, like, for the first 30 seconds of the single, I was like, what, what are they doing? And then I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. So, um, but also I, I think, I think, I just think these guys were, uh, you know, m- maybe a little ahead of their time because I completely agree with you, Blake, like the, the themed, the visual theme thing at the yeah. time, I didn't appreciate it at all. Uh, and now, you know, we can look back at their, at their catalog and see that they did it with every album and it's 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 awesome it keeps things in perfect order in my mind when i'm thinking about an album a song i can remember you know which era of my chemical romance it came from yeah um and and it's just i mean pretty brilliant um i
0: don't think i appreciated that at the time do you know who straight up like swaggerjack that too uh lots of people Yeah, but Coldplay specifically. Viva La Vida was very similar to Black Parade, but it was colorful. Yeah,
2: you're right.
0: Like, it was almost the same kind of military old school. It was very similar. And it was not that long after this and stuff. And pre that, Coldplay had not done that kind of like outfit thing. You know, yeah. and then from then on, they did. And it's just kind of funny to me that it was like Coldplay the Shining was like, we should take a pick. I mean, I don't know if that's actually how it went down. I think it was more like everyone realized, like, hey, you can actually brand a whole album with the videos and the outfits right. you wear and the tour and everything and really put a staple on it that makes you be nostalgic for that. It's like you, yeah, they, My Kim did it with all three records. And so you like have a visual thing you think of in your mind when you hear the songs, yeah. um, a style that, even. Yeah, and it wasn't like something I was into doing myself. I wish I would be able to go back and convince my younger self that like, hey, it's a pretty good idea. Um, but I, I thought it was genius. I mean, I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be huge. Hey, uh, you you started something, and and
2: I would like to add to it. You 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 talked a little a little crap on a great band, uh, Coldplay, and I'd talk. I'd like to talk a little more crap on them if that's okay. I actually love Coldplay. I do. I'm, too. Not, copying, I'm not talking no, no, crap no. on them, but. I actually do I, really like them. They they swaggerjacked. They did, uh, yeah, and and while we're talking okay. about Coldplay, a band that that we seem to agree is awesome, while we're talking about them swaggerjacking, I would like to add one more thing to it. You guys should look up uh, "Bring Me the Horizon" the cover to their album Simp Eternal, And then I, oh, I haven't seen the cover. Oh, I, may, I sure have. That's a great then, band. though. And then look up uh, Coldplay's "A Head Full of Dreams." It is. Oh yeah. It's pretty similar it's, it's it's what you just described about the parade thing it's it's a bright colorful version of the same album cover and uh and like the the lead singer uh Oliver Sykes from uh, Bring Me the Horizon at some Brit uh, award ceremony he like went up and stood on Coldplay's table that they were eating to kind of like protest and be like dude, You're gonna act like you don't know who we are. I mean, bring me the horizon is a pretty gigantic band. I can't imagine that people in uh, in England don't know who they are. You know what I mean? So like, I I, I'm not buying that. I I don't care how big you are, Coldplay. You guys know who they were, and they stole their album cover. And they're a great band. So
0: yeah, you gotta get inspiration from somewhere. Just 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 a little emo swagger. To be fair, I would not be surprised. I mean, I think in my Kim's case, it was. Very much Gerard, because we know he's visually creative as well. Right. You know, we know that about him. I think in Cold Blaze, I'm going to guess someone else is going like, here's what the aesthetic... I mean, they might have an idea, but then someone else is kind of putting that whole thing together. It would not surprise me if someone was yeah. like, you know, you're... Um, yeah, Chris you know, Martin may not out. give a crap. Yeah, uh, yeah. he's like, yeah. yeah, I'll wear whatever I got to do to make money. Um, Pay yeah. me.
1: Yeah, I'll but sell ev- that
0: stadium out. That's everyone right. copied my Kim after this. I mean, everyone had a look that was like, it was, you know, it was, uh, everyone copied them after the first album. And instead of doing the same thing, they said, we got to go to the next thing. And they did it. Um, I think it's a good thing. Oh, Chris, what are your first thoughts on, on the album as a whole? Uh,
1: I never, I I don't remember a time since experiencing something so transcendent as listening to that album all the way through. (laughs) It was spectacular. And all I could think is I, I like, I just want to start over and do it again. It was epic. Um, yeah, because Black Parade, man, it came out a hot minute before the, the record. I think we were listening to yeah, I think it came out in August. Yeah, it came was out like in two August. Months. Yeah. So there was like all this time of like, what is this going to be? Uh, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting choice for a first single. I liked it. I didn't hate it. Obviously, very different from what had come before, but just left me feeling, well, just like the band a little bit, like that lull between that single in the record kind of uh, very mysterious. Um, but yeah, when I heard it.
0: Yeah. It I think the away. first, I think the first single was kind of caught most people off guard, but I think that's what its purpose was. I think its yeah. purpose was yeah. to be like, Hey, this is going to be different. Check this out. Um, well,
1: it had all the hooks. I mean, it's a great song. It just yeah. it was very interesting. They even it, played, remember uh, the VMAs, they were on the roof or the ceiling yeah. or roof of the uh, GE building. And you know, they,
0: yeah, Sounded they did great. a ton of promo for this. They did that. Oh, they yeah. did Siren Live before the album was out. They did a lot of That's stuff. That's crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that they they clearly were trying to... I think it was... I think it's pretty obvious they were trying to like go, hey, we're not a one-trick pony. We don't just do that thing we did on Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, which is more of a... Um, it's more straightforward. I mean, like for them, I mean, it's still yeah. very creative and stuff. I'm just saying like, it is like, it has a sound. And, and for the most part, there's like two, maybe three songs on here that would fit on three cheers. Um, and then the rest is just kind of very different. And I think they, I think they even played um, on Saturday Night live. I think they did like uh, black parade and cancer or something like that. Like the song they did in wasn't even a single. I think that can't be, not on purpose. You know what I mean? It seems like they yeah. like they didn't come out and do Teenagers first. If they would release Teenagers as the first single. I don't think this album goes triple platinum. I know it sounds weird cuz it was a huge single and it was like a, it was like a pop song essentially, but I think that might have like set the wrong tone for what the rest of the record was cuz Teenagers is not really like the rest of the record. Yeah. Um so I think they I think it was the smart choice. I I'm kind of with you, Chris. I just remember being like when's the other shoe going to drop and there's going to be a bad song on this record? I just kept kind of being like, it's got, you know, 2000s, I love guitar stuff. And, you know, there are no guitar solos in the 2000s. That's the downside to that decade. Is we were
1: starved of it. We were
0: starved for it. Basically, we had the Darkness record that Chris and I loved uh, and had solos throughout. Uh, But there wasn't a lot of rock and roll solos. I mean, honestly, this sounds crazy. Jimmy World the Middle was kind of like, that had the most rock and roll solo in it of a emo band single, like maybe at all before this. I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm missing stuff. I know I'm. People could be like, "Well, here's a bunch of songs that have solos," but um, Creed dude, man, this, Creed <laughs> Mark Timani. <laughs> no Creed Creed <laughs> never had a solo like the freaking shred fest that is this record. Um, God, there's so many amazing stuff, and I love. I remember we had a a kind of not argument, but like friendly discussion with a band we were on tour with at the time when this album was out. Cause I think we were all, all the way on board. Like all four of us, which is not, not very common in our band. Cause normally Chris and I were kind of on one side of things and our bassist and singer were kind of, you know, we overlapped in some places, but this was an album. We were all like, this is great. And this other band, we were with like, yeah, but this sounds like this. And this sounds like this. And this sounds." I'm like, yeah, you, you're allowed to sound a little bit like the Beatles. It's been 50 years or whatever. <laughs> it's like, right. well, also you know, it's, fine. it's inspired, man. Yeah. It's like, inspired. Relax. It's not, it's not ripped off. Nothing is, uh, there's not like a straight, uh, swagger Jack on this, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I just really liked it. I was really kind of, I don't want to say surprised. I really liked my chemical romance um, and I thought they were unique, but I mean, I don't know. Like I said, the producer thing piqued my interest for sure. Cause I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I think that will work well. Um, But I didn't know what to expect because, you know, American idiot was a departure from green day, you know, like a pretty drastic kind of one at points, you know? And and, but it worked really well. And you just, you kind of went like, oh, but will you know, can, can someone else pull that off so yep. soon? Um, and even with the same producer, you know, you, you didn't want it to be, you didn't want it to just be American idiot, but Michael romance And I, I think they did a good job of it not being so, yeah, just really liked it. I mean, honestly, I can't remember, um, you know, like grower, not a shower on this one. <laughs> it's going to be funny because... I really just remember just being like, yep, yep, yep. That's also good. Yep. I think we got Mm -hmm. it. I'm trying to remember. I don't think we were on tour when it came out because I don't remember exactly where I was when I heard the whole thing. I remember us like being in the van and listening to a lot. I just looked it up on my old calendar and we definitely were on tour the month after this came out. So I think that's when I'm thinking about when we were arguing with other bands about, I remember arguing with people about this album all over the place. There's one guy that was like, Oh, I think all the drums are, um, uh, like, sound replaced and i was like dude you don't the budget for that record and the producer they're not freaking dropping in samples on the drums they're getting yep. those sounds i promise you they're not putting orchestration on it and then being like yeah we'll just program the drums
3: right like, it's just
1: not i was like that's so funny i don't have
0: any proof that that didn't happen i'm guaranteeing though that it didn't happen uh you just yeah everything sounds great on it i i don't understand how they made it sounds so good and um and then unfortunately we get like one more record from them uh, uh which is that's the that's the kind of bummer part so um hey, shall we go to track by track
2: yeah but first i wanted oh, to yeah. show you something blake we always go back and forth with uh talking about spotify and apple music yeah this is the neat little you see I that i saw that oh, it's animated that's on apple music great. yeah
0: we're gonna you have to little, make a gif of that and put it in the notes.
2: Yeah, little marching dude on Apple Music,
0: and, and that's the other thing. This thing, this album defines. I know they had a different look for uh, Three Cheers, This and Danger Days, but like the this album defines them for the rest of the time. You can put that little marching band thing up, and I bet oh, yeah. eight out of ten people you would ask would know that that's My Chemical Romance.
2: Well, and like, and also I don't know if you guys know this, but that's freaking James Jean. That that's the artist that they hired. That dude is big time that he did all I the did fables covers like he is a incredible artist it was a major flex as far as as far as um budget goes cuz there's no telling what what that cost them the artwork that's is beautiful
1: that's insane to think about too uh, that's just not even a thing you would concern yourself no. now unless you're a giant artist you it's really worth it though it. oh absolutely you know what i no, mean it, it's like it, it's worth it, it everything the penny. whole aesthetic yeah
0: but yeah. what Cause this album is great and I don't want to take anything away from it, but like the costumes and the look and the artwork, it's all a part of it and the tour and the videos, all of it really made like this cohesive yeah. like experience. And to be fair, I mean like t- going back to the dressing up thing, I mean, to be fair, Green Day kind of had a look for American idiot, but it was mostly that Billy Joe was wearing a tie. I and mean, that's, yeah. really <laughs> that's really what, right. that's really what the look was. Yeah. It's like, tie. well, we're going to wear a skinny tie and a black shirt. I mean, that's, they've been someone to just put button up shirts on um, yeah. and, and ties. And that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they grew up. I mean, but it was, that was, it was a simple version of this. And this was like, no, we're going to like custom make costumes. <laughs> you know, it's a little different. Um, so I love it. Uh, yeah, let's do track by track. Let's go to track one, which is called The End, ironically. You
3: can find first hand.
0: Uh I mean, speaking of Queen, <laughs> yeah, that's it's like queen slash Elvis slash the Beatles. there's so much going on in in this intro track, uh Kyle, what are your thoughts on it?
2: uh I freaking love it um the intro guitar is it i mean is it out of tune or is it just kind of the way that he's playing it, maybe a little out of tune, uh but then going into the snaps. From the snaps to the huge freaking guitars. And uh and I love I've always loved that little harmony on uh the drag line. Oh yeah.
0: So yeah, it's cool. great. And that's the and the transition I, to the next song, seamless. Oh yeah. Yeah, bang, and that's bang, where you're bang, like, bang, this bang. is not an accident that it is very Sgt. Peppery, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense yeah. that it's like these first two tracks that blend into each other. Uh, just like Sergeant Pepper's, into um, help for my friends, uh, and you've got the costumes that kind of look Sergeant Peppery, but kind of the dead version of <laughs> Sergeant Pepper, which I love. Like I'm all yeah. for the homage to the band that kind of like influence everyone else. You know, I've got no problem.
2: That that acoustic that. guitar tone and and like the way that it sounds so simple, it, it cannot prepare you for the for the getting slapped in the face with the rest of the guitars on this For album. What's also, about to happen? I, I was going to ask you guys, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know if I like a drummer or not. This uh, Bob Breyer that played on this album, I guess this is the only album he played on. Yeah, I, lo- I love the way that he plays. We talked about it a few episodes ago on, on the fallout boy uh, under the cork tree album. Like he plays really simple parts, but he plays them really well. Uh, I love that kind of like lazy, simple little fill right there that was in the clip that you played.
0: It's perfect. Yeah, because he gets flashy on this record for sure. Yeah, like he has some fills, fills that are yeah. cra- well. The fill on Black Parade that will come up in a little bit. I don't yeah. think I have oh, in the clip, yeah. but like that fill into that last chorus is like. I mean, it's super fast. <laughs> but you know, I like that on this one. He was like, "What if I go flam, 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 flam?" <laughs> I mean, it's like it's just simple, and it's like, "Yep, that's exactly what Dude. I needed." With a tom that sounds as big as. You know, it's just huge sounding. Uh, I love it. And that's where I'm like, come on, guys. They didn't freaking sound replace this crap. I just doubt it. I I would love to see the Pro Tools session, but I doubt it. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on opening track? Do you like it? Do you think it's a good opening track?
1: It's a fan. Like you guys said, lets you know, or or at least definitely what Kyle said, lets you know what you're getting into. Um, a A lot of themes swirling about immediately uh this just that clip great clip the snaps and the ooh ahs i mean that's a little different from what we heard on the last record obviously and uh, yeah it prepares you for what's coming next but also a uh, lots of mystery um yeah i dig it
0: yeah and i'm i mentioned not always a lyrical guy, but I love starting an album with a song called The End that's about someone mm. dying, yeah. and then that's yeah. the start of this the rest of this story. It's just a really cool idea, and I yeah. don't know if that was the precipice for this whole thing, but it's pretty cool, um, and as far as opening tracks go, it's perfect for an intro for this album because it's got, you know, it's a little more chill. We start with some piano and stuff, which we've not heard really before. And then, you know, from them And then, um, you know, it gets big And then, yeah, goes into track two Which we will talk about now Called Dead! Exclamation point And
3: your
0: I cannot believe how much awesomeness was just packed into that 35 second
1: clip. God in
0: heaven. (laughs) It really is unbelievable. I just, yeah, this has got to be one of the better second tracks ever. Chris, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, holy crap. I can't believe I get to go first. You do. Well, (laughs) first of all, Guitar Hero. I mean, do you guys instantly have Guitar Hero memories (laughs) when you hear this one? Um, the little shuffle, the layers of background vocals just oozing out of every bit of this song. Um, I, I literally put drum fill pre-chorus equals magic the, that you that you slid in there at the end of your 30-second clip. And how did these guys get away with getting paid to have this much fun? Absolutely spectacular. Um, and there's even a whistle in the song. There's and a whistle. There's-
0: There's horns. There's (laughs) harmonizing guitar solos. There's essentially the Roadrunner, not Roadrunner, Woody Woodpecker. (laughs) It's it's, kind of like the Woody Woodpecker laugh on that guitar solo. It's like so much fun. It's got harmonizing. I just, I cannot believe the guitars are awesome. The vocals are awesome. The solos, it's got horns. We've got very much electric light orchestra sounds on those background Mm -hmm. vocals. Super Jeff Lynne. Uh, And I love it. I love those bands. And so I'm like, yeah, I want someone to rip off Electric Light Orchestra. I love that band. And they're not putting out new albums. (laughs) So, like, if you rip off Jeff Lynn, I'm fine with it. Like, I've got no problem with it. And I feel like there's a lot of – I'm an Aerosmith fan. I think there's a lot of Aerosmith vibes on this record. Uh, Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way just because I love them. But uh, I feel like there's a lot of that kind of bluesy – Aerosmith side for sure, especially on this yep. song. I just like it sounds like you know, Joe Perry could guess star on um on on a Mike Kim record. Kyle, what are your thoughts on Dead? Or uh, sorry, Dead. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's
2: uh, what it is. Like Beatles. I'm not familiar with Dead. I've never heard of that song in my life. <laughs> um so all of these written in my notes with exclamation marks. <laughs> Intro, Mine were drums, two. BGVs bridge horns ska question mark (laughs) (laughs) these are a little more complicated than some of the ska parts i feel like no it's not ska. i just thought you know why not mention why not mention the genre you don't get many many opportunities uh there's you when you listen in headphones there's some really cool like little panning that goes on in the solo that's just awesome it's already an awesome solo um and then we didn't quite get to it anytime someone hits you with a la 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 MF-er. Mm,
0: that's a that's great uh, point that i i meant to put in my notes la la but yeah. la mfer
2: that's that's uh you know that it rocks when they they can they can do that and actually <sighs> yeah. chris you said it the very first words out of your mouth you said holy crap i i've heard this record and when i listened to it this week i was still like holy crap dude
3: yeah
2: this this is so good
1: <laughs> dude, i had the beginning that, of that, that, sp-
0: that uh, go ahead
1: Oh, I was going to say, that Mether effort that he slips in, though, I remember hearing that be being like, oh, my God, yes, it's so great. Look,
0: again, I do not have any inside information. I guarantee he ad-libbed that and everyone fell out of their chairs laughing and was well, like, let me, we have to keep it. It's like let, that has to be how that went, you know?
1: Let me, let me read a clip from um, uh, an article here from Ray Toro. While we were in the studio, it was all about having fun. The more insane or wacky the idea was, the more likely we were to try it. So I feel like if you had that attitude, you could try stuff like that. But those are the things. Those are the moments in albums that always end up sounding the coolest.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like, yeah, that was probably first take ad lib. Yeah. You can't re- you can't do that again. You can't you know, it's like you can't, it would like, oh, never you know, sound that, the same. Right. Do That cool thing again. Um, yeah. I mean, it sounds like they were having so much fun on this song. I, I don't you mentioned the kind of like, do we have a little bit of an imposter syndrome? I can't imagine it was listening back to this track though. I mean, they had to have known that this was like, Oh, this is a killer track, killer second track. Um, there's just so much going on. I, they just cram a lot into that short, whatever, three and a half minutes, um, that we've got going on. I love it. I, I cannot think of a better, I don't know that there's a better second track on a record. Um, (laughs) Especially the way it just comes right into it. And you hear the I forgot to mention at the end of the end. And when we go into dead, it has the flatline sound behind it. Like, you know, it's literally right. the the beeping at the beginning of the end of the heartbeat. And then it, it flatlines and goes <laughs> into that intro of dead. Uh yeah, I had the I had the beginning of that guitar solo as my ringtone back in the day when you could create your own ringtone. I mean you still can, but when you first could create your own ringtones on your flip phone uh, I had that solo, and I almost didn't answer the calls most of the time because I was just—I <laughs> yeah. just wanted to keep listening to uh, right. that intro uh, or the, the intro to that solo. So, uh, pretty solid first two tracks so far, guys. I think we're on mm. uh, on a good pace. Let's go to track three, which is "This Is How I Disappear." Everland. Again, like finding the clips for this album was hard (laughs) because there was always something before the start of the clip that I wanted. There was always something at the end of it. I really just, if you are listening and you haven't listened to this record in a while, you should really just stop, go listen listen to the whole album and then come back and finish the podcast because um, these clips aren't quite doing it justice. Kyle, what are your thoughts on This Is How I Disappear?
2: Freaking awesome intro. His voice sounds awesome. The verse lead guitar parts that are going on during the verses are insane. Uh, the bridge, which you just played, and we—I know that you can't just play the whole freaking song, but into that spooky guitar part that's coming, yeah, it's just so freaking awesome. Yep. And uh, aside from maybe that part, like what it where it goes from there, I do think this song is maybe the closest to Three Cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I, I have the same note. That's oh, okay. what I was going to say. This yeah. could, this could this song could be on um on Three Cheers, I think. But 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 it's elevated, yeah.
2: I uh, excellent song and and what we're we're three in and I'm I'm all the way sold and spoiler, uh, that's gonna go on for a while.
0: Yeah, uh, Chris, thoughts.
1: Gets a little darker here, and I, and and I dig it. Um, absolutely love the clip you picked. The guitars on the last course, the breaks, the Bands, bands, just candy 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 i mean just they never they never just stopped and let something be a plain jane four chord progression they always added a little bit of interesting um stuff to make make it cool this is a good good tune too
0: yeah, I love the line I'm just a ghost so I can't hurt you anymore I think that's a good I I, I I wish I the concept album idea is like so cool to me and so foreign to me because I can't think that far ahead like I don't understand how people write books it doesn't make any sense to me that someone can be like I'm gonna write a whole book uh, I know they just write a small piece at a time but the same thing goes for concept albums I'm just like I couldn't possibly write 14 songs that all work together and you know the Three Cheers was a rock opera kind of concept album too, right? But it was a little more loose than this one. Yeah, yes. Would you we'll all agree? Yes. I mean, this Absolutely. one's more like you can see the, the progression of like, okay, he's dead now, and this is him talking about, you know, be, you know, three tracks in, and we're still on the theme, and you Very can see Very clear it. narrative. Yeah, super clear narrative. Um, And so, and Danger Days does that too, I feel like. I feel like he, he gets better at it as he goes on. Um, and he's a storyteller too, so I mean that makes sense. When um, do we get the musical? I mean, American Idiot had it. I don't understand how we don't already have it. I mean, yeah. this is better than I don't want to say better than American Idiot, but it worked. What definitely at least on the same it's, plane. It's more
2: theatrical.
0: Mm-hmm. It's more theatrical. That's like yeah. it's it's a better yeah. It's a better theatrical Broadway kind of thing. I don't know. It, it should be happening anytime. I mean, I don't understand yeah. why it hasn't happened yet. A dashboard would be the other one that I would expect to have. Uh, Gerard, one we know point. you listen. Just give us a call. Let us know when that's happening. Yeah. We'd love to help with nothing because what could we possibly contribute?
1: (laughs) Uh, I'll hand hand out playbooks. (laughs) If you could just stop, you know, touring with your multi platinum, uh, arena sellout band, stop your hugely successful Netflix show. And please work on work work on the Broadway uh, Broadway show. show. That's what I would love to
0: go see this tour by the way, but I could not drop the amount of money. I might do it still. I don't know. We'll see if I can get a ticket. Um, All right, let's go to uh, track four, uh, which is the sharpest lives. Kyle, we got a Vampires lyric in there for you. Um, got that for your bingo card.
1: Yep. <laughs> what your thoughts I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Vampires.
0: You wrote it down too? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. It, got there it, right it is. They, they, had to, they had to carry it over. Um,
2: I love the Whisper stacked vocal at the beginning. And then when he goes into the freaking high range, it just sounds awesome. Um, vampires got that down. And another kind of sp- you know, spooky sounding instrumental, and then the cool. I wrote. I don't know if this is a word. warp the warbly guitar. Yeah,
0: no fade warble. Out. That's a real thing. Was, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. warbly.
0: Warble is a real word to okay, describe cool. audio. Yeah. Yeah, that is a real word. That it's a tape. Used, it's course. a. It's a. It's a throwback to tape machines. There's tape. Oh, okay. Orble, and when you, the tape got old, it, it warbles. Warble. I mean, there's literally yeah. a warble knob on my delay pedal that's down here. It, that's about doing. Today
1: that. I learned. Now you learn. Yeah, uh, yeah, you learn. I I like
2: that little that that warble fade out.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh,
1: Chris, thoughts? That the guitar, the muting, kind of robotic thing. Is that a Pro Tools trick there, Blake? Yeah, that's
0: definitely Pro Tools. That's okay. that's like taking. That's like doing the Jimmy World um, cautioners okay. thing, where they just like dun, they take one hit of it and then they just copy it and dun, 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 to make it super robotic. Um, yeah, and, and they just you, copy and paste it across the board. Yeah.
1: Right, and you basically like delete any semblance yeah. of a sound between the mutes. So yeah, that you it's literally super chop okay. it off,
0: chop it in a grid. Uh, but yeah. it sounds really cool. Uh, I oh, like no, it. If you're going to make something sound robotic, I want it to actually sound robotic and not playable by a human. I don't like super time correction for the sake of trying to make people sound like they're perfect. I prefer right. to be like, no, we're using this as like an effect, essentially. Um. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought. Uh, I was like rushing to get these clips done today. Uh, yeah, the intro is super cool, Kyle. Like it's it's the vocals are awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. I love that low one kind of with the whisper, and then that one comes in above it, and it's going down while the other one's going up. It's just he's really smart at melodies and um, making he's got things a special. Interesting. Voice too, he does.
1: Uh, yeah, I I've always. Loved his voice. Uh, kind of unconventionally cool, but yeah. recognizable and unique. It, it's just him. Yeah, he's got a, a rock and roll voice for the ages. Yeah, is it? I mean, the
0: Queen vibe is all over this thing, obviously. Um, I don't think that that would shock anyone, and I don't think they mm-hmm. would not claim to have been strongly oh, right. influenced by Queen when they made this record. Um and it's it's funny how similar it, they don't sound it's not like he and Freddie Mercury sound alike at all. But they are interesting in how they can like kind of there's like this plasticity to their voices where they can change based on not even just the song, but like the part of the song. So he's like yeah. doing the whispery stuff, he's doing kind of screamy, more like all over the place stuff. He's singing the high stuff. I just feel like he's really good at going like, oh, this is the way I'm supposed to make my voice for this line. And we talked about that a little bit on three cheers. I can't remember what the line we were, Kyle, you brought it up. I oh, gosh, I wish I could remember what we were talking about, but oh, there was a lot of hotels. He's, de la muerte. De la muerte. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. It's like, he has this flare, <laughs> this dramatic flair to everything. And Freddie Mercury had that like more than anyone yeah. in the history of music, in my opinion. And I feel like George is doing such a good version of that without trying to sound like Freddie Mercury. It's like, does that make sense? Totally. He, he does it on. Uh, oh, gosh. It's all over this record that he does. Yeah, I was
2: going to say he does, he does the, he does like, I almost want to call them accents, but it's more like voices, you know, like different okay. voices that he puts on. It's I like it's a play. Say, it yeah. is literally yeah, like I it's I a musical. It. I mean, it's I, like I, he's emoting it. This is probably going to, p- p- anybody that knows who this is may piss them off, but I don't really care. When he does, he has this kind of frantic higher voice that he'll do every now and again with more um uh, with more vibrato and he did it i think a lot more on that first vampire record he reminds me a very little bit of the lead singer of Calibretto
0: 13 i don't know that band oh, you I should Calibretto. super 13.
2: super unique uh like i said I get, that could dude, piss some yes. people off but like uh, it's it's a super unique voice, uh, and I think he sounds like that sometimes.
0: So, well, we'll put a link to that. Yeah. Send me that one. Kyle. I got a great song. I think High Five is what it's called.
1: Christian folk band, Folk yeah. punk band.
0: Interesting sounding. <laughs> Checked a lot of um, boxes. That band. <laughs> that's a lot of boxes too. There. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I just. Again, we're however many four tracks into this. I'm just going, gosh, is this again? Is the other shoe going to drop at some point? Is there something that's going to be bad? Is there going to be a decision I that know, I go, right? ooh, yeah. I think they went too far, that <laughs> I haven't found it yet uh, no. at this point while listening to the record. Uh, which brings us to right. track five, which is the first single, "Welcome to Black Parade." Here we go
3: can listen here it's hard.
0: Chris is air drumming. So we're going to <laughs> him first.
3: <laughs>
1: that Chris is real is drumming. That Phil is insane. <laughs> it's so cool, right? Where, uh, d- dude, hey, if you're a listening guy who thinks those drums were recorded Pro Tools, like you just can't do that in 2006 with uh, Pro Tool sound clips. You cannot make that Phil, I don't think.
0: No one's programming that. Well, I mean, I think he was saying all the sounds were replaced. Not that they weren't played, but that like oh, they right, went right, and whatever. like replaced the snares and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, if you got that I kind of budget. It, yeah. You're capturing oh, it.
2: Also, what a stupid thing to criticize a record about. Yeah, it's like, like you're, ju- you're it's definitely it's trying awesome, to find something. dude. Like, get lost.
0: This was a stranger in some town in Iowa. It wasn't like... You he know, sounds just, like an idiot, Blake. Yeah, he d- we hate He him. probably was. He probably was. Uh, <laughs> he probably was uh, and not to mention this guy played CNC drums, which sound fantastic. And so mm-hmm. why would you... I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Let's get this custom drum set and then let's replace all the sounds. Come on. That's not I'm happening here.
1: Pretty sure that Bob picked up the drum set. He played on this record, like 24 hours before I picked up my drum set. No they were way. like, Oh, they were like, Bob was just here. He picked up his drum set. Cause that was about, we were, we were starting to tour on our record about the same time. I just oh, missed oh. him. Just
0: oh. missed him. And, uh, the cooler part of that, which I think I've also told this story on this podcast, but mm, forgiveness, uh, if I have repeating myself, but, uh, when we went to Warp Tour, and what's the guy's name from C and C? Why did I just draw a blank on the owner's I, name?
1: I have done Gosh. the same thing. Okay, uh, anyway, Bill, Bill Cardwell.
0: But, uh, anyway, he had the pick. He, like it's so funny. We're like in line for food or whatever at Warp Tour, and we're talking talking to him, and he pulls out of his like pocket like actual printed photographs of the set he just made for Ringo Starr, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, well, oh. yeah, I'd probably because we didn't have smartphones yet. You couldn't pull yeah. up your photo album. I He's just like, love like, look at my was, children. Yeah, he was right. so proud of this drum set that he made for <laughs> Ringo Starr. was be. like, as you should be. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's a pretty big get, I would say. I,
1: I cannot imagine writing down the line, the lyrics. Um, would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? <laughs> um, he penned that. He wrote that down out of his brain. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's now like the emo. This is the emo anthem, or, or as Google says, the emo Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, that's you <laughs> guys perfect. know that <laughs> no, but I
0: mean that makes sense. I mean, that's a perfect. That's a great point, Chris. I mean, I think this is—is is this the emo anthem? I mean, is this the yes. like? Is there if there's a definitive song? Is this, this it? Is it? I mean, I know on Twitter yes. the other day we were chiming in on someone said like, "What's the best emo song of all time?" I don't know. that I'm saying this is the best. It is nope.
1: A def- that's what we're it's saying. It's the
0: defining one, probably though. I think that maybe how Earth. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really good and yeah and the, um, the video. i let's talk a little bit about that was part of the vibe here too, is that we like have this video with this parade and is it is the whole thing in black and white?
1: It's like I that remember. sepia black kind of, yeah, and white sepia tone, kind of right?
0: Um, yeah, and I remember being like, this is a little weird. I mean, I, <laughs> I I remember being a little bit like, I don't know for sure when it released before the album came out. Like, is this gonna work? I don't. No, I mean, like it was, it was good, but I was also like, that's a interesting first single selection. It it felt like I I think in hindsight and after the record came out, I understood what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. um, and I think it worked really well. I think they were all everyone involved was very smart and good. Good kudos to them, uh, Kyle. What are your thoughts on on the first single?
2: Oh, I have some thoughts, guys. Okay, so the spooky <laughs> piano part. That goes into the drumline, or the the drumline rolls and bells and loose freaking fills, and then a solo right at the beginning. I mean, it's not like by itself, but you know, he's shredding on the freaking guitar. Absolutely. Um, Will carry on gives me chills every time. Um, Let's see, especially when they go to halftime at the end, dude. Okay, so. The do, the do or die part that you played, mm-hmm. I, I, I get goosebumps every single time. And I was talking to my friend Benji about this today. And this is one of those moments in a song. There are songs that when you listen to them, it doesn't feel like you're listening to music. It feels like it is the soundtrack to that moment in your life. Yeah. Like someone is scoring how you're feeling. And that is one of those moments. Like it comes on and I'm just like covered in goosebumps. I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I could take on the world right now. And, yeah. and like, it, it's dude, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I'm, I hate superlatives, so I'll stop. But it's, it's, it's excellent, excellent
1: song. I, I think this, it's fair to use the superlatives for a song like this. That's
0: like, yeah, I think it's very fair. And, and, and again, trying to pick, I mean, I went a little longer on the clip, but like to pick 30 to 40 seconds of this song specifically, because it goes from that piano intro to that, that outro, do or die stuff. um, It's just kind of, it's such a great build. Um, And I think they even, I didn't tap it out. I'm pretty sure they actually speed up that last. Chorus before oh, that. Cool. I think they oh, actually, cool. out of that drum fill, they're like, let's bump that up about eight BPM. Like, it feels like they just like, which hey, gives golf. it this energy to it. Yeah. Um, God, it's, it's like a plane about to take off, is what it feels like. And you're right, Kyle. It is absolutely, it feels like the soundtrack to, um, nothing in my life was as epic as <laughs> this sounds <laughs> in headphones, <laughs> but, but it made me want to, want to do something awesome. Uh, with this, you want to carpe in the, carpet the DM, man. I certainly yeah, had this on my like, I certainly had this um, uh, on a like a ski hard kind of like once I got an iPod and could make a playlist to like go like snow skiing to because that was something I didn't get to do as a kid because you couldn't take a Discman on the slopes. That didn't work. (laughs) Uh, But once the iPod was out like this – there was a lot from this album that was on my, like, ski hard that made me do foolish things on the mountain because I was like, well, yeah, I've got oh, this in the background. I I can take down this double black diamond, and then I just fell all the way down with my Kim in the background because um, <laughs> I'm falling down the hill. Carry uh, on. Yeah, you're <laughs> so tumbling, tumbling all the way down to the uh, ski lodge. Tumbling down the mountain. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to track six, I Don't Love You, which is a single.
3: Down, down. Take your glass
0: Chris, I assume um, by watching you lip sync along to the background vocals that you have the same note I do, which is harmonies. Gosh, so those harmonies are great.
1: Really good. There's, yes. What are your
0: other thoughts on the song,
1: though? Uh, I absolutely love this song. Um, I remember... So I, I think that we got this record while we were traveling because I just had this really really firm memory of like me and you hearing this guitar solo, this song for the first time, the, the queen nod, uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody nod. I just remember, I just remember being in the van and let's look at each other and be like, that was, he did that on purpose, right? Yeah, he did that on purpose.
3: <laughs> like without a it's doubt. It's so
1: good. And, the, and that part with the B3 or organ where he gets quiet and uh, you know, it almost sounds like maybe he was like on the floor with the microphone and just gets real intimate magic. Yeah, with the
0: roads. Yeah. Uh, That's one of
1: my, Yeah. Rhodes, that's it, yeah.
0: There's an organ in there, too. There's both, I think. Yeah, um, this
1: is uh, probably... Uh, I, I checked. Uh, this is one of my most played songs of all time on iTunes. It's definitely top top 50.
0: Kyle, thoughts?
2: Um, This is a great... This is a great... Uh, is this a, a mid-tempo ballad? Yeah. Or is it a ballad? I'd call it mid-tempo ballad. Okay. So this is a great mid-tempo ballad, and it is brilliantly placed because we kind of needed a little a little break a little room to breathe Yeah,
0: because we've been our faces have been kind of melted at this point.
2: yes uh so it's like so catch felt. your breath and such a great song the solo is awesome <laughs> i agree with you i love chris i love the keys the the roads but i am gonna i'm gonna ruin it maybe a little bit but i don't mean to the the tone on it sounds exactly like Beck's. where it's at <laughs> It does. Oh, what? Like,
1: what? When you, when
2: you listen to it, It's so sounds... you hear this song
1: and you're like, you hear Beck too, or, or you're uh, having like just, a flash of Beck. <laughs> just listening
2: to it in headphones this week, I'm, I was like hit yep. with that. I mean, it, it sounds so similar. Um, also, not not the part. It's just it's the sound is identical. No, right, right, um, right. But yeah, ex excellent, and I agree when he when he's when he's the 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 like intimate moment there at the end it's just
0: it's it's an awesome song it's a lovely song lovely i love yeah. the guitar tones on this i wanted to kind of get the the first first cuz i really like how kind of yeah. clean and compressed they are but i also really wanted to get the harmonies in there and stuff so i ended up going a little later in the clip but yeah, it's. I'm with you, Chris. I mean, I love this song. I'm I'm a sucker for a mid tempo kind of ballady song, and so this one just spoke. All like, I love everything that came before this, but this was also like a okay, yes, I am in to yeah. this version of My Chemical Romance, which we haven't really gotten to hear yet at this point. Yeah. Um, what's the yes. slowest song on, on Three Cheers? I can't even. <laughs> was there even a mid tempo kind of thing? i mean, you know, I think so, you're
1: right. It, it it did feel like a moment. Yes, uh, where you're.
0: Yeah, and so it's like the you first time we've gotten different. to hear yeah. this from them. And it's like, again, it's just, an, why wouldn't he be good at this other kind of stuff too? Oh, right. You know, it's like, and so to step out of that box, I can see why that would make them nervous recording this song uh, because it is kind of more vulnerable and there's this middle part with just Rhodes and him. It's, you're right, sounds like he's like laying on a couch, kind of like super intimate, like you're right there with him. Um, I just love it. And the, I think the reason that yeah, Rhodes is, it only has like three controls on that whole keyboard. So it's, it's all about mic placement. I think there's basically a tone knob on it. Uh, yeah. so, um, great instrument though. I almost always like a Rhodes in a song. It just, it works really well. Um, especially when it's by itself, it, it just, it has a nice, warm, fuzzy. Um, sometimes a piano just doesn't quite have that that sound it's a perfect and i don't know how much is them i don't know how much is rob i don't know like because there's a lot of instrumentation on this you know so much yeah there's already we've had horns we've had roads we've had glockenspiel, we've had bells we've had snaps we've had alternate percussion we've had all sorts of stuff six tracks a whistle whistle yeah um marching bands kind of drumming i mean we've we've had lots of instrumentation on this i assume rob has quite a bit to do with that since obviously american idiot and Bulletin Bible were very Very big epic things too That were not just straight guitar rock kind of thing
1: Very theatrical um, yes
0: really, And going back to the theatrical Kind of doing soundtracks and stuff like that too I just think he's a great producer And um, whoever's idea Everything was on this track It's all Way gravy And I Rolls love off. it and there's just something about that verse. I'm trying to. I'm looking at the lyrics to figure out where it is. Uh, oh, that second verse where sometimes I cry so hard from pleading, so sick of, tire, so sick and tired of all the needless beating. Something about the way he says that line with that guitar mm-hmm. line. At the same time, it just sticks out. To, it's always stuck out to me. I love it same. so much. There's just something about that part of the song specifically that I think is perfect. Um, and good job to them. Uh, let's go to track seven, which is House of Wolves.
3: If never gonna find you a home runs <laughs> down the
0: I'm sorry I forgot a note on uh, on the last track I don't love you sorry to like do house of wolves and then jump back to I don't love you I forgot to mention that um that was a single in UK not US they did teenagers in the US instead oh. um, but Mark Webb did the video which he did um all the videos from uh three cheers he did the helena one and I think it did all of them. So anyway, kind of back to Mark Webb, uh, doing the video. And, um, so that we'll put a link in the show notes, to that one. And it kind of has the back to the black hair. Um, it's kind of like a intimate thing with, with Gerard and stuff. And again, he really like sells it on that video if you haven't seen it. Um, so that's another good little, uh, point, but what, uh, Kyle are your thoughts on house of wolves? Um, I love the,
2: I, I'm going to call him upstrokes on the first verse like the you know again i'm gonna use the word ska like you know that is that is that an upstroke an upbeat what what do they call that
0: like syncopated yeah
2: like the it almost sounds like they're playing it backwards it's on the up, on the up yeah Yeah. it's on the on the um, up whatever yeah (laughs) um love that the bridge freaking rocks uh i've been a bad mother effer tell your sister i'm another that is a That is a good line. Uh, He's really going for it. And then on those goes, we mentioned this on three cheers. There are times when he screams that he sounds like a freaking animal, like a Bobcat or something like a growl. (laughs) Yeah. wow. On those goes, he definitely sounds like that. Um, The outro solo. And then tell me I'm a bad man. Another, another good line. Uh, Also. Uh, forgot to say the the break is over the the downtime
0: is over and we right
2: ramped yeah right back 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 up right back in (laughs) so
0: yeah great song well you mentioned that line um again to me that line sounds like it can't not be an homage to walk this way Aerosmith oh yeah it sounds a lot like yeah you're right um down on the muffin with your sister and your cousin It sounds almost exactly like the, the, and again, I just don't think it's an accident. Like when people are like, yo, but that sounds like this. I'm like, yeah, I think they did it on purpose that it sounds like that. I could could be wrong, but it sounds enough like it. And even the way he's screaming on it on this track sounds like Steven Tyler to me. Um, I like it. Chris, what are your thoughts?
1: They get I'm, I'm absorbing and like processing this Aerosmith thing. I'm, me and Blake are huge Aerosmith fans, so I, I I need to go back and listen a whole other time and, and try to pick up on these references. I'm definitely getting it now, though. Um, dude, uh, great song! You guys have already touched on some really good points. I love the line "You better run like the devil" because they're never gonna leave you alone. Just the delivery is perfect. Well, especially something-
0: with the like all alone, like it's just right, like him right, singing right, yeah, it, and yeah, then right. they come back in on the in between the lines.
1: I love it. And he does this tongue roll thing when he says, ashes to ashes, we all fall down the, the second time on the second mm-hmm. verse. I have listened to it. like I, sw- I went back and listened to it like 50 times. I cannot figure out how a human mouth could make that roll with those words, but it's perfect.
0: He probably um, did it in one take and couldn't. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? It's again, it's one of those things where he probably just tried it yep. and, um, and did it. You know, I, I There's so much like, noth- even though this album is like incredibly well produced, none of it sounds overproduced. Does that make sense? It doesn't like nothing sounds flat. Nothing sounds like too perfect. Um, it still has emotion. It's still like his vocal performances are great. Um, and that's no 2006
1: electric drum breakdown bridge. Yeah. There's so many,
0: very pure. There are so many bands throughout time, but especially in the two thousands, once we had like pro tools and digital editing and time correction and pitch correction, that it seemed like they like made a record that people liked and it felt like real. It felt like they did it on a budget, probably didn't have time to do a lot of stuff. And then they come out with another record, like the follow-up to that success. And it sounds kind of robotic or whatever. Um, Juliana theory is a great example of this of like, I love emotion is dead. The album that comes after that is not only bad songwriting wise, it just sounds <laughs> like it sounds like everything else, you know, it just doesn't just doesn't work. And, um, And and it's almost like I think Tom Petty had the thing where it's like, you know, you can if everything sounds perfect, your ears like want some something to not be perfect. And if everything's perfect, it's boring and your brain just kind of goes. And I think that's totally true. But somehow they managed to make this record sound amazing, but never um, boring to your ears like it like it has imperfections in it, which are good. And I think his vocals are a huge part of that. I think that kind of stuff like that little rolling and stuff. Uh, Some other producer might have been like, let's try it again, but perfect. Um, And I like that they were like, no, let's let's do whatever makes us all go. Yes. You know, dude, I, I actually think that exactly what you said, Blake, is what contributes
2: to this record feeling so cinematic theatrical stage. You know, like I feel like this is like when I listen to this record, I feel like it's happening in the moment. Um, And that it could be live. I know that it's not. And that's not my way of saying it sounds bad. It's just it's it. I don't know. It's not. It's not overly polished or in somehow for something to sound so grand and not some I guess sometimes we get the two confused. You know what I mean? Like for something to sound epic and big, it has to be flawless. And that's not true at all
0: polished and they, and they and prove that polished and flawless are the perfect words for what I, what I was trying to say. You nailed it, Kyle. It's like, if you, if you, you know, you can polish it too much where it's right. boring. Um, yep. or you can, you know, make someone do a vocal take, um, 10 times and it gets worse and worse every time, <laughs> you know, because right. they're trying for it to be perfect. And so you just don't get the emotion in it and stuff. And it's the same thing with everything. It's not just vocals, Guitar parts are the same thing. It's like you can try to make everything sound perfect, or you can leave little imperfections in there. And to me, it just makes it all sound more human, which is so funny because like, you know, now in digital audio workstations, you know, there's like a humanizing function for like MIDI. (laughs) So like if I play a thing and time correct it, I can then humanize it where it kind of moves stuff around by i can even pick the percentage i can say like humanize it by 10 percent one way or the other you know um which is funny because it's like well couldn't you just humanize it by not time correcting it just playing, playing it, it? Yeah. <laughs> just playing it and leaving answer no they couldn't probably well you'd have they're... to practice at that point yeah, i yeah. guess um not that I've never time corrected. I'm, 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 oh, I'm yeah, giving yeah. crap on time play. correction. I do it on me when I'm playing keyboards because I suck at keyboards. But, um, you know, I just like the realness of like drums. That I mean, I don't mind nudging something around every once in a while if it's like you get that performance that's perfect. I think vocals right. specifically are that thing where I'm like, I don't mind a little pitch correction when it's like that was the take emotionally and we just have to pull something up a little bit. I'm all for Precisely. that. I, I'm sure there's pitch correction on this. I promise you, there's pitch correction on this album. Uh, but you know, it's about doing it the right way. And, and Rob definitely does it the right way and I'm into it. Okay. Let's go to track eight, which is
3: cancer. Getting down the days to go. It's just ain't living and I just hope you know.
0: I'm just trying to get as many clips of amazing harmonies in <laughs> yeah. as possible. Uh Kyle, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh excellent ballad. Also only 2 minutes and 20 seconds long. Crazy. It makes you want more. It does make it does. you want more. Um and so much like there's so much in it that I want to hear again. Uh, I love those background vocals. The second chorus is 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 insane it just sounds it is so awesome i immediately want to start the song over uh the effect of the song is vocal in the intro is super cool i'm not sure what that is but i think it's, it's a phaser of some sort okay, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I or it might it too. be
0: two mics that are kind of out of phase i can't sounds why figure cool. out what they're doing with it but it is cool
2: and you you said <laughs> earlier you mentioned the uh you mentioned the line that like stood out to you and I feel like he has those. And for me, this one, it's it's kind of nasty, but the soggy from the chemo line.
0: Yes.
3: You uh, just, Yeah. You,
2: the way he delivers it, it's
0: like you never forget it. Yeah. And it's a perfect. It's the a visual. It's unfortunately, a perfect description <laughs> of, yeah, like going through chemo for people, I think. I mean, uh, you know, it's I think that's what you feel like from my understanding. I've not mm. had chemo, thank God. But um, just radiation uh, but yeah. that was easy compared to chemo not the same thing people by the way if someone's had cancer and they have radiation they will not lose their hair it's not the same as chemo chemo is way worse <laughs> so you know just for the record uh but yeah I, I've I've always been drawn to that line too because you're right it does feel kind of gross but you're like it's kind of a perfect description of oh yeah of that um it sucks um when someone you know has cancer it's not no mm. one no one's ever like I feel great when they're on chemo. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, a lot, it's a weird ballad to be about cancer kind of, but I love it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Great. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Chris, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Fantastic ballad. Piano, piano, the, the, the piano and vocal melody are, I wrote the word sublime and I immediately hated myself for using that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just can't think you. I know, but I just can't think of that word just kind of sums it up. It, it's perfect. Um, at I me mean, me kyle and blake were texting a little bit today as we were listening to this record and uh this was that i was listening this moment in this song the um if you say goodbye today and mm. i was like goosebumps on goosebumps because uh, yeah it, it still hits me just like it did in 2006 would that Perfect call song. an
0: answer and everything uh, in yeah, that part? yeah, yeah. And,
1: and talk about elo background vocals i mean they're like yes. uh-huh. money on yeah. the money elo background <laughs> yeah. vocals on this one very elo All,
0: very beatles
2: yeah death. also uh i i i meant to say for you know the subject matter, still a pretty clear narrative, right? This dude, this yeah. dude's dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah the the line, the hardest part of this is leaving you after hearing <sighs> that he's soggy from the chemo. Like yeah. it is so sad and awful, and also just wonderfully beautiful. You know, yeah, that's a that is a great line.
0: And it's interesting. We normally get the opposite. We normally, generally, we get the song about losing someone else. So it's cool to have yes. a song that's about like, no, this yeah, is from cool the perspective technically they're dead looking back at having died, but um, it's a cool perspective and I like it. It is unfortunate. I do think this is the one example that um, was not purposeful. There are some pretty striking similarities to the jet ballad. Do you remember jet? You of know, course. from oh, two thousand. I don't remember yeah. their,
1: I don't remember their ballad. Look, I, remember I think it's f-
0: look what you've done. And it, it has, almost the same piano and the vocal line at the beginning of the song is very similar. The rest of it's not really, but it is one of those things where it's like, Oh, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Cause I'm sure it was just like, what came not first a jet jet did, like man. a couple of years before. Oh. And I don't think it was, I probably wasn't intentional like the other stuff. I think it was like a, and to be fair, when I heard the jet song, I was like, this is a Beatles rip off. So it's, oh, not right. like, you know, yeah. it's not like, it's not like it's it's all relative, but it did come out just a couple years before it and was a big single. It was the one with the video with, like, the animated birds and stuff. Like, it was like a...
2: Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, it was, it's, that was the one thing I was like, ooh, this does sound kind of like that. Um, but this is better than that yep. one, I think. Uh, but that would be, like, you know, if I had a criticism so far, because I've not really had one of this album, it would be that, like, oh, this was a little bit like that single, Um but gosh, I mean, like you know, every song sounds like something else at some point, so it's not, um, not the end of the world. I don't think they would have lost a copyright battle over it or anything. But
1: did have yeah, some yeah, similarities
0: yeah. with the piano and it's a ballad and you know some of those kind of similarities. But yeah, I love it. Uh, it it's a it's a good song and and very, um, again, like we had we had the mid mid-tip, mid tempo one a couple songs ago, but this is like the first like straight up kind of ballad, like yeah. slow. Thing we've heard from them, and it gives them a range that I'm so glad they did instead of just doing the same kind of thing that they did with Three Cheers. I love Three Cheers, it's a great album, but like yeah. I think if they would have made it again, they just would have disappeared into the ether. <laughs> and yeah. and this let them go, Oh, that was fun. Uh, let's do something weird for Danger Days, too. Let's make that a different kind of 80s synthy thing, you know. I just I like that they got them out of their box. I think Gerard Way would probably be miserable if he had to do the same thing over and over again, which is probably why we haven't had six My Kim records um, since this one. Uh, He obviously is creative, and I think creative people like to move on to the next thing. Um, But I'm glad that they stretched their legs a little bit on this and had some ballads, because I like ballads. They're fun. Not really fun. They're sad, I guess, but
1: whatever. Uh, (laughs) Okay, let's go to track. It's fun when... when pop-punk emo bands do them for sure and pull them off so perfectly
0: yeah and that's the thing is like none of this feels like they're trying too hard and none of it sounds like it's not kind of just flowing out of them so i'm glad that they i am sure that they were looking at themselves in the room going are we sure we can do this guys but right right they were probably also like this is awesome
1: this epic masterpiece at one time eight to ten people were the only people that heard these songs yeah. and you th- those are the like, ten people that have to believe it in it enough to then give it to the record company give it to everybody yep. else it's crazy yeah.
0: agreed okay let's go to track nine Mama
1: go to
3: hell whoa
0: Chris Monier, what are your thoughts on Mama?
1: Featuring Wise Manelli,
0: by the way. Right. Featuring Wise right. Manelli
1: Yes, which is just insane. The lyrics of this song are so interesting, and I absolutely love this song. It's a, a, a fantastic circus of a song, um, and it makes <laughs> me so happy. Um, the The clip you played, We'll Let the Fires Just Bathe Us, is <laughs> such a cool line. <laughs> we're building right now they're building a coffin size and yes uh, uh uh if you were into show tunes or theater or anything eliza uh, melly is a just an absolute star probably legend yeah, oh yeah but even in 2006 like kind of a fading waning legend a very interesting pick but absolutely love it and i just can't i just wish i could have been in the room i hope i would think in 2006 blake do you think they would have been in the same room or at least the same studio no This wouldn't have been a Probably no, you don't not. think, ah, dang it. I just like the pictures of them hanging out, high-fiving each other. And
0: i th- you know. That would be, I, w- I surely we would have seen a picture of it if that's yeah, how it went point, down. Don't point, you think? Point. I mean, like, how yeah. can you not? It, Liza Minnelli is such a perfect choice for My Chemical Romance. There's perfect. not, <laughs> it couldn't perfect. have been. It couldn't have been, yeah, there you go. It couldn't have been anyone else. Uh, and it's so funny to me that I'm like, really? Liza Minnelli? I mean, that's just so strange to me to like see that credit on the album before I listen yeah. to the song. <laughs> it's like, you're looking at the jacket and you're like, Liza featuring Liza Minnelli. Okay. Um, but it works. It's cool. I, I, I Well, Kyle, let's go to you first. And then I'll, I'll, I'll say more of my notes. Cause uh, well, we'll see if you have the same one, but
1: okay.
2: So I, I do want to say to the Liza Minnelli thing, don't forget that like the world just got to remember what a freaking gem she was in Arrested Development. True. Oh, but that's she, the, 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 right. you say the
0: world like 30,000 people knew about that show. Oh yeah, well, the <laughs>
2: world was
1: about to The world we were in.
0: All of us. Yeah, love. the wor-
2: the world we were
0: in.
1: Lucille in, too. In, I,
2: in, oh man. Love Lucille it. Lucille too. Um so she wasn't completely out of out of
0: uh No, but she wasn't that's a on point. anyone's she, like
2: Emo radar. she wasn't you're right you're right um, so here this is a weird note and you guys may totally disagree but you you may be the only ones that know what I'm talking about uh, because it's it's fresh on your memory the the open um, hats at the end of cancer that they do I wish that they would have continued them into this song the way that they do track one and two and I know that that's weird because this song is freaking just so nuts and cancer is such a nice ballad, but I wish it, it, it works perfectly. Like the tempo is almost perfect. You should go back and listen to it if you don't remember. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, I love this song. It is crazy. It's uh, Chris, real. Crazy. You said, you said, uh, circus. I said, uh, it, it turns into a crazy circus musical fever dream. Uh, fever dream. And I mean that in a good way. Right. Um, but, I love how it changes, you know, the intro, and then it kind of gets a little nightmare before
0: Christmassy. Um, That's a good description. Which I've always in, in, said they're very Tim Burton-y. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, they're very little, Tim Burton,
2: very Danny Elfman, very um, Danny Elfman, um, but, very Tim. Burton. But then, but then we get the chorus and the freaking, and then it gets it somehow gets more insane, and then, um, and then the freaking musical bridge is so heavy and tough, like it just is so awesome. Also, we mentioned this on on this podcast so I'm gonna bring it back. and we I don't think we knew at the time because we weren't fact checking in real time. you we, we men- I think Blake you mentioned that this reminded you of the track on warning. Not reminded me. <laughs> it is so
0: much like it yeah
2: yeah. and so and and like knowing that Rob produced both records, I didn't know at the time, I don't think so when we talked no, about I didn't, it, but yeah, no, but knowing that he produced both records makes it, you know, better. Cause he's probably like, Hey, I, I got the sound you're looking for, but guys. that's what I want to
0: know. It's like, dude, already got I, the
1: template. Ready to go guys.
0: <laughs> I so, I mean, I so badly want to know what happened because it is, that was going to be, my, that's my main note is like, again, how did Rob not, I mean, was it had to have been on purpose. There's no way Rob didn't, who's worked on every green day record <laughs> to this point. Well, and nothing sounded like
2: first of all, Warning is such a weird album and and that song specifically on
0: that album. Really is so stands weird. out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got that what is is it like flamingo? What is that like style of guitar? I think
2: we settled on
0: uh Fiddler on the Roof. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's <right>. very, <laughs> <laughs> very sunrise, Fiddler sunset. Um yeah, I just that—that's the weirdest part for me is that like, how did you not hear this? I or maybe it was purposeful. Maybe they literally came and said like, "Hey, we really like Dude. what you did with Misery," yeah, yeah. and who knows? Maybe that just maybe that inspired the writing of this song, or maybe it was totally different. And Rob went, "Hey, we can go this route with this thing," um,
2: but it's now, so misery great. Does Misery does even you're not wrong? It branches off into Mariachiville in a really cool way, uh, but the sounds are there are a lot of identical sounds on this on this song.
0: Yeah. I'm not very worldly when it comes to music for sure. <laughs> and but I mean there is a Spanish thing oh, yeah, to totally. both of these songs. I can't figure out what it is. It's not it's the, not like boom, Mexican. Get, it's get, not like that. Get, but it, yeah, boom, that little boppy get, yeah. uh oompa umpa kind of thing. um, <laughs> <oompa. laughs> What well, I mean, yeah, it is kind of yeah, no, know, it's, what it's, do they it's, call it's that? Perfect. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but I mean it, it's another one of those things where this is Unfortunately, there's two. The two songs are right next to each other on this album. That I go like, oh boy, that sounds a lot. Now at the time, I was not. I did. I had not listened to Warning when we did the Warning one. You know, I kind of was new to that record when we did it. I I had heard it, but I hadn't dived into it. But the second I heard that song on Warning, I was like, oh boy, this is <laughs> so much like. Which you know, because I had heard it after this, but it, they're a lot of like, uh, and but they are cool weird songs and this definitely adds oh, to yeah. the vibe of this album. It fits more on this album than it did on the on the Green Day album in my opinion. Um that felt like left field for on on the Warning album, but uh, this one feels you know, feels like it fits right in the middle of this record. It's weird. It's um I love the I love the line where it's uh, you should have raised a baby girl, I should have been a better son where it's got like he's kind of yelling it in the background and singing it yeah. at the same time. Um I I really like again just like gosh, they do such a good job at the vocal performances and production. Really like it. Um don't have any complaints about it. Let's go to track 10, sleep. A drink
3: for the horror. That I miss. Good guys and the bad guys For the monsters and our bands Three cheers for 10
0: Kyle, thoughts?
2: Um, love it. The creepy intro is cool. Uh, like another, I don't know, a simple, but, but perfect chorus. Um, I love the three cheers for tyranny line. It stands out, but also you're like, ah, yeah, a little bit of a callback. Um, and then the building guitar into the bridge, the tone is super cool. Um, one thing I do want to know about this song I don't I don't know if either of you Found anything but I, Like is he talking about like Sleep paralysis in those tapes Or like old hag syndrome Or I don't know man it sounds idea? like
0: that's Really I mean that sounds like that's real Recordings yes. of him like yeah, for totally. real And there's something so creepy About it it's but spooky. that makes the, it's very Spooky <laughs> I, I'm very It's really funny I have this weird Not fear It's just like Creeps me out when I hear like recorded vocals like that on a tape yeah. or like the, the lady on the vocals. telephone. Yeah. Back in the day, that would be like, if you'd like to make a call, like that lady yeah. freaked that me out. Crackle, right? yeah. Like,
1: yeah.
0: And it's funny, my daughter has the same, like, where were we the other day? Oh, is a, a Harvey, my two year old, starts banging on the answering machine. We still have an answering machine, and a cordless phone at the lake house, uh, my parents' lake house. And he like hit the thing that was like, you have no new messages. And my <laughs> daughter was like, why is that voice so creepy? <laughs> why would they put that? And I was like, oh, it's a hereditary, apparently, because I don't like that kind of stuff either. But there's something that's kind of endearing about it, even though it's creepy. I can't put my finger on it, but I'm with you, Kyle. It is a little bit strange. Hey, by the way, totally confirmed, by the way. Uh, Liza Minnelli did do it reco- uh, remotely. There's a quote where uh, oh. I found, I just found, uh, let's see. There was a line. Um, That was the only spot on the record that I wanted a guest vocal I wanted a voice to finally talk back to me And I wanted someone kind of motherly But who was also a survivor, had been through a lot Was rooted in theater and so Liza was in And then a little later on uh, He told the New York Times I love Liza Minnelli Um, Black Parade was very theatrical And we had this song, Mama And I said it would be great to have her and Rob uh, the producer made a couple of calls and she said she would love to do it and did it for free. We recorded that remotely. We were in Los Angeles that at Capitol so cool. and she was in New York with a different engineer. Free. It was really cool. Uh, the first time I got to speak to her was through the mixing board. So they were doing it. So there's this technology. I can't remember what's called. Uh, I should, there's basically a technology in, in studios that they can actually sync up with each other. Live, so Blink Way 2's done this a ton actually on their yeah. records. Where, like, huh. um, starting back, um, on Neighborhoods, I think was the first one they did, like, the, or yeah. I think maybe even in Mixing the Untitled one, they did some of this where they were in three different places, but listening to Mix Back and being able to talk to each other and actually, like, all control the same Pro Tool session, so you could actually, oh, wow. like, pull stuff down and and so it's a cool thing cuz it's like you're in a studio with each other. It's not like they just like send it to her and then they she sent it back. It's like you're actually talking to each other but you're oh, one's on the east coast and one's on the west coast. And it's all basically just like
1: but he was sort hearing in real time her take. Yes. And and able to say, "Okay, I like that. More energy or uh, you know, yeah. emphasize this word more." Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh to, for 2006 especially.
2: <laughs> Dude, yeah. So here's the question. <laughs> I think it is so super sweet and cool that Liza Minnelli did this for free. But also, do you think she had any freaking clue who these guys were? Not a chance. She had no no clue this thing was going to go platinum. She had no idea. All those sweet boys want me to sing
1: on their record. Now, I will say,
0: the fact that Rob calls like two people and gets Liza Minnelli on the phone, I'm sure... You know, there's like, there's no way that it's not like someone, her assistant or someone had to tell her, like, hey, this is a cool band, you should do it. Oh, right. good point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to,
2: but, but when you're trying to explain to your grandparents or your parents <laughs> something that's cool and hip now, they don't understand. No. You know what I mean? It's no. like, you you have to watch this show, Dad. It's it's called Breaking Bad, it's about a, a teacher right. that makes meth. Yeah, it's it w- cool. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have the
0: tools to understand, right? Like why that's. Cool. Yeah, but I think Liza, I think that s- I'm sure, like, you know, I would just guess Rob didn't have Liza's phone number, but probably knew someone that to- knew someone, and like, I guess I'm gonna guess an assistant also, or someone's involved. Not,
2: yeah, I I don't mean any disrespect to a legend. I, no. I I'm I'm just You're saying like, that but she I probably did it free because she just thought N- nobody's gonna hear this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and she probably also thought like. I mean, I'm sure someone was like, hey, they are theatrical and cool and they want you to be on this because of that. Um, you know, I'm sure that's she an honor. She thought she was helping some theater boys. To get asked to be on a rock and roll record because they're into, yeah. like, theatricality and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's a great <laughs> – I love that that's the guest appearance on it. Um, it's, as, it's like, epic, like, how the Blink-Way 2, you know – Robert Plant, not Robert. Plant. I oh, keep saying yeah. Robert Plant. Robert Smith. Yeah. Robert Smith. Uh, <laughs> just my Roberts get mixed up sometimes, but you know, like that's epic. That's like yeah. that's a git, you know. Uh, and this is a git. It's cool. Uh, anyway, back to sleep. Um, thoughts on the song, other than the creepy tape, night terror stuff. Chris, <laughs> you?
1: Yeah, I pretty much agree with this. Felt like a transition song to me. It's it's not the best on the record. It's not bad, but it, it's a good song. But it just kind of. Uh, it's helping the record evolve to the next big moment. I, I love it. I
0: love this song. I think it's great. I love the verses. Um, I love that little <laughs>
1: thing going on in oh, the background.
0: Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. know exactly what's going on there, but I love the sounds. Um, and I just really like the um kind of juxtaposition of the like chill voice or chill verse with the acoustic guitars and then those like really fast like you know, eighth note, kick drum, choruses, sleep. You know, it's just a cool, um, I mean, it could be another kind of rip off of our intro to this podcast song. It's kind of like that fat, like kick going the whole time. Um, I like it. And it's kind of, and it's kind of got some epicness to it that I like. And and there's something about that tape recorder that like really gels the whole thing together for some reason for me, even though it creeps me out uh, a little bit. But, uh, but it works well and, and I like it. So let's go to track eleven. I uh, gotta switch to my second page of, uh, of clips here. Let's go to track eleven, which is "Teenagers," uh, which is a, a single in the US. Oh, yeah. Vibra slap all over this vibra thing, man.
3: Slap.
1: <laughs> probably broke one. Had to get out another one. Probably. So many times.
0: There were three in that clip I just played.
1: I'm yeah. pretty yeah. sure. I I, mean, know, I don't know how you got that many in there. They didn't
0: just do it once. They were like, "Let's just keep going with this thing," and probably laughing the whole time. It's a that, <sighs> what a weird instrument that someone made up, by the way. The vibra oh, slap. Yeah. Uh, how does it work? <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. <laughs> I, I think when you look it at it. Be- it it must be
2: addictive because like the, the only time I've ever seen cake, what a wonderful band, by the way. Oh yeah, for sure. He hit the vibra slap. Maybe
0: a thousand times. It is addictive. Played. It's, but you do, you do have to dial it back. Cause you can do it way too much. Um, but it is a fun thing to like throw on there. We did it once for like a demo. Didn't we, Chris? I can't remember what song that was, but I remember there was a vibra slap lying around and we were like, well, why the kind hell not? <laughs> we should put that on there. That's the thing when you're in like a legit studio, like Capitol, uh, where they recorded this you have ev. they've got rooms with like everything, you know, yep. that's where it's like, that's where you can find the roads and the virus slap and pongos and just like instruments that there's no way you brought there, but they just have in a room, you know, they have all that stuff and it's fun. Like to be like, let's just go find something in this room that we think would work. They probably have 30 tambourines in that room. You know, it's like, you can find the tambourine. That's good for this song. Um, I love it. This is a great, this is a great pop song guys. It's, really good vibra slap you got gang vocals. Uh, we've got a three cheers lyrical reference. Uh, I feel like that goes back to the last album. Um, or sorry, three cheers was in the last song. Sorry, but, um, yep. uh, love it. It's just, it's great. Kyle any thoughts on the song in general.
2: Uh, dude, it sounds, it sounds like it's, cl- it's, it sounds classic from the moment it begins. Like, this song is it you said earlier Blake i had never considered it but you're totally right if this would ha- if this would have been the first single it would have sullied the other songs it would have spoiled it because this is such a good pop rock song and it's it's unique in that way it's perfect in the place that it is on the record and i'm glad that they saved it for when they did because um i think it would have changed my expectations especially with how long we had to wait for the record yeah and and um i love the song i'm not i'm not trying to talk down in that way but i think you're exactly right i think i think if you release this one first somehow things don't work the same but um it's classic from the moment it starts the the build to the chorus is awesome the freaking prominent uh is it is it the ride that he's hitting the oh the bell the bell, uh, the bell yeah, of the, of the bell. ride yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh the the musical bridge and then uh vibra slap all day baby Uh great song
0: okay see i'm i'm no i've i've done this like four times now i'm gonna annoy the crap out of everyone but i i'm keep researching things in while we're playing clips <laughs> and stuff like that right but i looked up it's hilarious that I'm finding all this stuff now. As I'm looking track by track, it's a lot easier to find them when you just look for the album. But anyway, they stayed in the Paramore Mansion, which is rumored to be haunted while they were recording this. Ooh, oh,
1: that's cool. And
0: while Gerard was there, he experienced what he described as night terrors. And these are the recordings he created about those encounters.
3: Oh.
0: Um, yeah.
3: Ooh.
0: So anyway, and it also says, now I don't know if this is true or not. Keep in mind, this is just some quick literally, we are in real time doing this. It says this is li- on sleep, going back to sleep. This is likely a reference to the Smashing Pumpkins song Glass and the Ghost Children, which also features a clip of the lead vocals, Billy Corgan speaking. Uh, the clip on the Pumpkin song is strikingly similar to the segment in both contents and the use of pitch changes and the sound of tape rewinding. Um, it, which... Without a doubt, I would say Smashing Pumpkins is one of the bands that would have influenced this record oh, specifically. I almost
1: oh, yeah. said that earlier, and I I don't remember why. We moved on or something. I so said, yeah, the Billy Corgan vibes in his vocal delivery, too. It's very, very present. Which
0: is funny, because I need to go back and listen to Smashing Pumpkins more, because I think the thing that I didn't like about Smashing Pumpkins when I was a kid was I didn't like his voice specifically. I think oh, it bothered man. me. Um, I just didn't love it. I love Gerard Way's voice. Um and like, as I hear Smashing Pumpkins songs, I'm like, gosh, they're really good. I just, I was a little turned off by his vocals when I was in sixth right. grade or whatever, when they were gigantic. That voice um, is a
1: little jarring at first. But yeah, so sure.
0: anyway, the, uh, this, yeah, going back to sleep, even though we're now talking about teenagers. So anyway, Chris, what are your thoughts on teenagers if uh, you have more?
1: This song on paper should not work. The lyrics are just so on the nose. It, it should not work. It should work. This song shouldn't work. I don't know how else to put it. I I think that the the fact that this song does obviously work and that it's so poppy, so sing-alongable, so perfect, even though the lyrics are like kind of goofy and about teenagers. I mean, if you were gonna sing a song about teenagers that you would want teenagers to like, you certainly wouldn't call it teenagers. Um, right. and it the tongue in cheek it gets pulled off so well. It keeps making me think back to the about we just had fun and as the more wild the more crazy the idea was the more we were willing to do it and this song just seems almost idiotic and it but it's not it's great <laughs> it's a perfect pop song Um, I, uh, it's great it's uh, it proves that they're an amazing band and and um, I really liked what you said Kyle which I think you were alluding to something Blake said earlier which they, could, if you would have released this first it would have painted the whole album in a weird light and I even remember that the video for this song is they're not in their costume. They're not in the whole right. um, Sergeant Peppers right. thing. They they kind of took a break from that just for this for this video. And that's probably why. They, it's almost like a different band playing this this one.
0: And Mark Webb did Great. this video too, by the way. Oh nice. Teenagers. So um awesome video director. He did so many cool videos back in the day. It really bummed me out that he didn't have as much success as a film director. I know that's a tangent, but you know, I felt like we got five hundred days of summer, which was awesome and I love. And then we got those crappy Spider-Man movies, <laughs> that were, which that might've been the studio. You know, there's all sorts of things we go on. It just kind of, I felt like after seeing all his music videos, I was like, so excited to see him make a film. Cause I just thought like, he was so creative, did some really cool stuff. Although allegedly it was just like a nightmare to work with <laughs> sometimes or for oh, some bummer. people, you know, but, or didn't, I don't know. You know, I heard that from someone that did a video with them. It was like not a fun experience, but Um, but obviously my Kim liked it. They did like six videos with them. So that's just different people's different experience and stuff. But, um, yeah. So, and allegedly this was written by Gerard when he was on a subway and had a panic attack because there were so many teenagers riding on it as well. Um, (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned that when guitarist Frank heard the song the first time he thought it was a joke. (laughs) So that's your, like, that's like your. Almost is like two on the nose, but you just wonder like, what was the thing that got him over the edge? It's a great song. And it, but you're right. If it was the first single, it would have made the other ones that came after it be like, what is happening? And because it's a great third single, it's a, you know, it, it did exactly what they needed to. I love it. Um, I think it's great. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it is, it does stick out a little bit on this record though. Like it doesn't, Fit but not in a bad way and it's nice to have Like a straight bop on On the record that otherwise is kind of rock Opery because it's definitely the most Straightforward and Chris you're right it shouldn't work But it does (laughs) Uh, It's just great Uh, okay let's go to uh, Track 12 Disenchanted Chris, what are your thoughts on "Disenchanted"?
1: Uh, so freaking epic! This song is legendarily epic. Um, like an '80s power ballad, reminded reminds me of like the the great power ballad bands of the '80s: R.E.O. Speedwagon, Journey, and you know, to maybe even a lesser extent, um, not you, you know the the '90s ballads of Guns N' Roses, um. Very simple, very easy to play guitar part. Any teenager could pick up a guitar, the teenagers uh, alluded to in the song before, uh, and play it simply, and it ties the whole song together. Gets really big at the end. Nice clip, by the way. Uh, Beautiful song.
2: Kyle? Uh, Yeah, great clip. Um, Freaking, you guys have mentioned it, and I hadn't considered it until you mentioned it, but the ELO, the repeat, so wrong, night long, At the beginning of this, um, instant freaking goosebumps when the chorus comes in for me. And the the lyrics, You're Just a Sad Song with Nothing to Say about a lifelong wait for a hospital stay. It is
0: such an amazing lyric. I had the same thing on my... It's so good. It is... That is a wonderful
2: lyric. Like, that is a sit back and make you freaking two sentences that make you think about your life, your entire, <laughs> your entire life. That is a, that is some great lyricism there. Um, great freaking song. And again, you know, uh, the, the, the fact that they just uh, hit us with the ballads and the mid-tempo ballads on this, on this record, like, Oh, by the way, we're awesome at this because they are all of them are freaking awesome. And it, and it kind of pisses me off, but you know what? Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad we get to enjoy them.
0: Uh, this one is definitely on my gives me chills Spotify playlist. Cause <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. with you, Kyle. It is like, I love the intro. It's you, th- it's just that guitar part going throughout the whole song. You're right, Chris. It's like on an, on, on an album full of riffs that most people can't play. It is yeah. simple. Um, uh, it's just, it's perfect. Like they, they know when to dial it back. Um, uh, and I love, I mean, you guys have said most of my notes so far. It's like that lyric of you're just a sad song, nothing to say about a lifelong wait for a hospital stay. Uh, and I love the first two, um, uh, the spent my high school career spit on and shove to a so I could watch all my heroes sell a car on TV. Uh that line always stuck out to me, just like how you see, you know, Jason White with an air conditioning company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, th- that kind of thing where you're like, gosh, wow. Uh and it just it feels like that. It like those were he always has little lyrics that stick out to me as like so Um, profound. And, and I feel like this, this song, I know that I'm feeling what the music is telling me to feel too. Like these lyrics might not work as well on some other song or whatever, but the combination of like the strings and like the epicness of it and the building and his vocals and the lyrics. I just, I love this song. I think it is really, really, really good. Um, And, um, sonically it's just, it's great. Like I want to put headphones on. I'm going to listen to this like on repeat tomorrow again because it's just it's really good. Love it. I would. I was going to ask you on on
2: the. I had a note on the bridge. Is there or after right after the bridge? Is there theremin under the guitar part? I'd have to put headphones on and listen okay. to that again check, to know when, for sure when you're listening tomorrow. Under check the it woes, out. I feel kind of yeah. Um, it's it's. It sounds like it might be a theremin.
0: I'm not totally sure. Um, I will listen more closely and won't put it on this podcast because it will already be out. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, okay, let's go to track 13, which is, you know, the last track. We've got a hidden track after this, but I don't know if we count that. So Famous Last Words. I
3: thought I'd never speak.
0: Uh, First little background. So this is uh, a single video where like the basically the parade from the Black Parade video is burning down. Uh, And it's how Bob gets second and third degree burns and eventually gangrene in his legs because of it. Gerard gets tears a muscle, I think, in his ankle or leg or something because Frank tackled him on set. I think it's part of the thing. And so like this adds a lot of problems for it, which is weird because that means they shot this video before the album came out. Um, because all those injuries were in the lead up to the album and promotion and stuff of it. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they kind of had the whole thing planned out and shot the videos and stuff. But, uh, you know, that, that was a bad fire accident. I mean, that was like on par with, um, the Metallica one kind of, I mean, it was like, they didn't know if he's going to be okay kind of thing. So glad it worked out, but uh, pretty scary stuff for yeah. one video shoot to, I mean, obviously Gerard's injury was not um anywhere near fatal or anything like that, but Bob's was bad. They had someone else touring with him for a while. I think he couldn't play right. for a while. They had to have someone else play. Um. Uh. Anyway, let's talk about the track. Kyle thoughts on famous last words. Um,
2: honestly, I love the song before this so much. It it makes you a little nervous. Uh, but man, this one's great too. The, the low intro into the rock, the long wait for the chorus, but like the payoff you get when it comes. Um, and then the, I'm calling it the second bridge, the, the, (laughs) the low part. (laughs) Yeah. I think that counts as a, as a, post-chorus it's, second it, bridge whatever you want to call it it is freaking awesome uh the outro the 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 stacked uh back and forth uh vocal parts the vocal lines you know what i'm talking about yeah um yeah the, excellent yeah
0: kind of it uh, is, it's kind of a uh kind of a round or not a around yeah around yeah that, some sort of exactly thing like right. that, yeah. a little
2: row 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 your boat a little bit yeah. going on there um yeah i i love it and
1: uh well, well titled, famous last words. Mm. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? I'm exhausted from praising <laughs> this band at this point. <laughs> I know uh, it really does I, feel I, like sometimes it's like, I yeah. do you have anything negative I, to say. I, I know, <laughs> like if I was if I was tuning into this podcast myself, I'd be like, oh, so these guys just listen to their favorite albums and then just talk, talk about how great they are. And yeah, if I heard this episode, not always the case. If this is your first time listening, because this is a big album, so we may have some first timers, but. It it's a nice way to cap the end of the record. It, this is the technical last song, right? Even though we've, I'm going to count sneak... it. I yeah, okay. <laughs> we've got a sneak track coming up, but um, uh, yeah, uh, I I'm with uh Kyle though. The Disenchanted, such a magical song. It's hard to imagine beating that. Um, but this is still a tremendous effort for a, a great song, and it it is a nice bookend to the album. Um, and I enjoy it very much. It rocks.
0: Uh, yeah. So little back story too on the track. Um, I guess Gerard wrote it for his brother Mikey, who's the bassist in the band, but had kind of temporarily left the band during the recording because he was having severe anxiety. Um, but uh, then came back and kept working and stuff like that. So it's good. Um, he did say Gerard said on Twitter, so confirmed, confirmed uh, that. This was his favorite set, uh, favorite song. He originally said it was oh. Sleep, but he changed it and said this was his favorite song on the record. On the record. Um, so, I mean, he can't be wrong. He wrote them all, right? Uh, That's right, right. It's a great last track, and I consider it the last track because it's the real proper track. The next right. one is a hidden track with the true, like, kind of two minutes of silence before it. Uh, I am very glad that on Spotify they actually leave the silence there. Um, I they hate, do. Uh, yeah, Apple
1: Music as well. Yeah,
0: I hate when they snip it out and like we don't have that rest between what this happens and the last. But I kind of, you know, I, I don't. I'm so torn. I don't like
2: that it has its own line.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? It does. But it has its own line because that's how Spotify and Apple Music work. It didn't on the yeah, CD, like did that. it?
1: Oh. How could you do that with digital music no. though? If you didn't do it that, way? you have to leave it on the I track. Just
0: leave it. I just leave it on the track. And oh, not say that's what you're saying. It. But they because don't so like to do have, that because okay. then you don't want to put it on a playlist. Because I would not put "Famous Last Words" on yeah. a playlist if blood was hanging out three and a half minutes after it ended, probably. On iTunes, you could like fix that. You could actually cut that part of the song out if you wanted to yeah. and have it not play it. Um, but that's old school. Um, oh yeah, I'll put the, I'll put a picture too that I got from, uh, from the, like, you know, the music video where they like, they're literally burning all their crap around. Uh, they, uh, the Frank put it on Instagram years after where it's like his guitar. That's just like totally burnt up from that, uh, video, um, shoot. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good it's a really great last track. It makes me want to start the album over again and that's why, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if I'm going to complain about something, well we might as well since all we've done is talk good stuff on this record. I I don't love the hidden track there because it just it kind of is like totally out of left field and it feels weird. In fact, let's just should we just play it real quick? Here's here's the yeah. here's the track.
3: Yeah, naps so give them blood. 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 grab a glass because there's going to be a flood. A celebrated man amongst the girls They can fix me
0: from I mean, we get the idea, right? It's just very strange. And it's
1: super odd.
3: And I
0: mean it's I get it. It's kind also of also adorable. It's kind of it is kind of adorable in a way, but <laughs> like I don't know. Fame like the in, disenchanted into famous last words is such a good ending and has such a like epic. Feeling behind it like it makes me feel cinematic that this kind of feels. I mean, it feels like a talky soundtrack, first of all. It sounds like the music from a silent picture. Um, it's just weird. I don't love it. What do y'all think? I mean, do you think they do you think it was the right okay to keep it on? I mean, it's their choice. I don't they don't care what I think, but
1: I it I'm gonna say yes, and here's why is because a a, a secret track really was a secret track,
0: it was meant to be a secret,
1: yeah, in 2006. So it's your uh, you, you know they say I do this too I, I don't consider myself an ADHD person but like uh, sometimes when I talk on uh, iMessage or Slack I'll say something but then I'll add a little tidbit in parentheses it's like a little extra snack yeah. <laughs> we do snacks right I feel like this is this is it's the punctuation it's not meant to be part of the album but it's where you tuck away something interesting you did in the studio
0: yeah I think that's I'm always so torn on. I like a good hidden track. I just don't think this fits the rest of it as well. It doesn't even lyrically make as much sense as the, like, it doesn't even seem to really fit the story. I don't know. I just don't love it. Kyle. I mean, what do you think? Are you, I'm, I'm like right in between you dudes. Like I am glad
2: it's not actually on the record. I hate how it's, how it's listed on Spotify and Apple music, but I am with Chris in that like, it was it was never meant to be presented in that way, you know, like it, it was a secret, it was an extra, it was a bonus. Um, I'm very glad it's a hidden track and not the final track, and I refuse to call it that. Um I did I did forget something that I wanted to ask you guys about, unless you're not done talking about the weird blood song. Are we done? Yeah, we can yeah, be done I with that. We we're done with blood. Put, we don't need to spend any more time on blood. <laughs> So I would like to propose a new award, Ooh. but, but it is, it's a tie for me. I, uh, and this, is, this goes back to our text from earlier. Uh, because of the goosebumps, I am titling this the R.L. Stein Award. <laughs> and Love it. do we give it to the Black Parade, Disenchanted, or Famous Last Words?
0: Wow, that is hard. Yeah. That's actually very hard to pick between those ones. And most people don't luck out to have one of those on an album. They've no, got three right. that are stiff competition. Um, I think for me... I think it's probably Black Parade. Same. Kyle?
2: Because... Because you two agree, I'm gonna go with it. Because
0: it just okay. depends on which one I'm listening to. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth <laughs> right. is that they all give them to me. I mean, man, I, that's weird that I picked I guess that's it, a little what? weird that I picked that, and I said that Disenchanted is on my Goosebumps playlist. But of course, but, but. it's because it's because Disenchanted gives me more of that chill vibe when I think of yeah. goosebumps, but Black Parade gives me like this excited goosebumps yes. kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yep, totally. And I and I yep. think I hope I think in this case I like it's, the excited yes. goosebumps. Um okay. so so we might need the R. L. Stein version that's more of the creepy goosebumps. <laughs> and then we need like a more excited I don't know. We but I like that award. I like that's a good one. Um yeah, yeah and there this well, one there's definitely not has many a lot albums of that give you
2: yeah I was gonna say there's not too many albums that give you goosebumps all the way through. So that 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 alone says something about it.
0: Yeah, this that would that's a good one. Um good award, let's, Kyle. let's just flip well them since Dang we thanks. already started with one award. Let's just flip it and not go to lasting impressions. Let's just go to awards first, and then we'll go to lasting impressions.
2: We can do what whatever the flip we want. Pardon my language.
1: Yeah, Jeez, Kyle, tone it down. There might be kids listening.
0: So, desert island songs. Can you possibly pick two or three of your favorites off this, Kyle? <laughs>
2: So I never think about this until you ask, but I knew that this would be difficult, so I thought about it all day long. My Desert Island songs will be Welcome to the Black Parade, Cancer, and
1: Disenchanted. Chris, what are yours? I agree on two. Two of mine are on... Kyle's list. I've got *Disenchanted* and *Cancer*. Wait, did you say *Cancer*? Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, but my third is *I Don't Love You*.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: you you went very ballady. I I just I, the ballads for me were such. They're they're so good, yeah. and like one of the things Blake alluded to when Lissy's record for the first time, the fact they pull them off so well, even though they were pop punk emo band, it still hits me hard to this day. Like how perfect they pulled it off so i just got to got to go all ballads yeah
0: i mean I, I had to narrow it down from 7 i really like <laughs> no legitimately, it's not an
1: easy choice by any means yeah. legitimately yeah. i had
0: 7 kind of marked with my flame emoji to indicate that the fire this is you know there's just a lot going on here that i want to do but i think i'm i've got two matching up with Chris. i think i'm going to do do dead cuz it's just such a good song can't not do dead um, I don't love you and Disenchanted because I'm also a sucker for balladier, mid tempo, and that kind of epic thing. It's so hard to leave Black Parade off of this though because it is kind of a defining song of this generation of music. But the genre itself. of the genre, but man, <laughs> it's like as good as that song is. I think those three that I just picked might are are better than that song, even though that song's amazing. Like it's just like yeah. I said, I literally had to narrate. To get to three, I had to leave four off. And and really, this whole album is just great. So uh, how about Nobody's Perfect? Is is there a worse song on this album for either one of you, Chris? How, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Sir. Not counting blood. Let's just pretend blood's not in the mix. Because I would leave off blood, but what, I don't think it counts.
1: What is the rule on this award? Do we have to pick one? No, no, no.
0: You don't have no. to. You can literally say okay. no. I wouldn't kick anything off.
1: Uh, okay cool then yes that's right right would you kick something off is kind of the way to think about kind of the answer yeah. it's like no
0: i would not i mean other than the hidden track i might but like i don't know if that really counts so we don't right i don't think we can. kyle do you have one
2: no way this is a perfect record yep
0: yeah i i, I really do think that it's fantastic Um, grower, not a shower. This one I think could be interesting. Kyle, do you have one that maybe you didn't love at first, but now you're, you're into more or maybe took Um, you two weeks. I mean, it doesn't have to be 20 years. Definitely.
2: There was, there was some adjustment for me on the black parade. I freaking love it. It made my desert Island, but like what, when I first heard it, I wasn't, and it wasn't just hearing it. It was seeing it, it mixed with the hype, the new visual, Gerard's hair, like everything new about them and and then even them changing their sound a little bit. So like it was a little bit jarring at first. Yeah. And, and but like it didn't take me long and I came around to it. But I absolutely remember there being a little bit of an adjustment.
0: Chris, so. what about you? Do you do you have one?
1: It's the same one, same one, for the same reasons. Yes, (laughs) yes, because you hear it the first time, you are like, "Wait, you guys, wait a minute, are you sure this is it? This is what you are doing, and uh, are you going to pull it off?" I need to hear twelve or thirteen more songs, fifty more minutes of music to understand if you are going to be able to pull this off. And we had to wait so long. It's the ultimate grower, not shower, because we were forced to wait after hearing it to listen to the rest of the record. That's a good. I
0: like. I like. I like both your points on that. I would would have included, I would have said that was my song, but it grew pretty fast on me, and it was before the rest of the record was out, so I don't feel like it's fair when a single grows on you. But I'm going to say House of Wolves. It was a more straightforward rock song on this that felt like it probably could have been a little bit on Three Cheers, and so I think I just wasn't as enamored with it as I was with, like, I don't love you and disenchanted and dead and all these ones that were like, Whoa, what is happening? Uh, but I remember Danny really liked that song. I think that's what he said was his favorite on the record. And I, I think that made me like, listen a little bit more. Um, and, and I love it. I think it's great. Uh, it's not necessarily, it's like my favorite song on the record. It's just the one that I might've, uh, not skipped. I wasn't skipping anything on this record. It's a great record, but it it probably wasn't the one I was like, like, couldn't wait to get to either. Um, but I, I love it way more than I did maybe when it first came out. So I think that would be my grower, not a shower. Okay, lasting impressions. Does it hold up? I mean, what a dumb question. Obviously, it holds up.
3: Yeah, it uh, does.
0: It not does. even going to go around the horn on this one because what a stupid, <laughs> stupid question to ask.
1: Only um, an idiot would ask. Only, that and it's arena. just so obvious. It's
0: like, look, they're, yeah, they're playing freaking arenas now on, you know, yeah. um, and, they're uh, they playing
1: arenas during. This time too, weren't they? Right, Maybe but my point is it yeah.
0: holds up because they're oh, still oh, playing I arenas. Saying, yeah. I like, follow you. Yeah, yes, in yes, 2006 yes. they were playing arenas, but like, can you do that, you know, almost 20 years later? Um,
1: right. A lot of yep. people
0: can't. Um, uh, most no, I mean, people's... I just saw
1: the darkness at a mid-cap venue with half of the venue closed down. I mean, that, that band was huge, it, but yeah. So you're still doing arenas in 2022. You're, you're right. You're doing well. That's proof um, in the pudding.
0: Yeah, I, I think. After, after three records. Three? Yeah. Only three yeah. uh, kills not me. Uh, is it their best album? This is an interesting one. I mean, I, I Kyle, do you have an opinion? I mean. I, th- I think
2: so, but also um, I said that I just said they have three records. I know they have four, but I don't really listen to the vampire record. That yeah, I don't either. <laughs> okay. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't
0: count for me. I don't love it. It's, it's not great. They were like getting their feet wet. It
3: yeah,
2: starts with right, three babies. cheers for me. But yeah. but like each of those record three cheers uh this one danger days like i i really it is it is impressive what they did um with creating sounds looks uh themes but i think that this one's my it's my favorite so i'll call it the best
0: i think it's totally fair chris you, you in the same boat
1: i think so yeah um it- your points valid and interesting, Kyle. And each record's so different, unique. If we're if we're calling it just the three, yeah, but it's really hard to beat this record. This is probably one of the, I mean, in my opinion, one of the three hundred best records of all time. I also agree <laughs> uh, with uh, Rolling Stone. It was five hundred. in the top five hundred.
0: Top five hundred, right? But you seven. said
1: it was under. You said it was like in the three hundred. It was in the
0: 300s, Yeah, so it'd yeah. be on the top four, just for sure. above the half. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's their best album, but I do think um Three Cheers and Danger Days are really good. I think Danger Days is very underrated. I'm actually excited oh, yeah. to eventually do that on the on this podcast because I really like that record. I think it should have been um I think should have been bigger. I think um, Absolutely.
1: It had some monster singles. I mean they even sang one of the songs on Glee. They like, did it was a big yes.
0: Album. Um yeah, it was a big album, but I just feel like it was not as appreciated. Maybe, yeah. Like yeah. I don't know, um, it's a weird
2: moment in time. I, I feel think.
0: like there were a lot of people singing that on Glee that didn't know it was Mike Kim. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. When they covered, the, that...
1: we were, we had been oversaturated with emo. That maybe they they needed they needed to step back. They did it at the right time. To be <laughs> fair, know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I
0: think it's their best. So I, I think it's I think it's got to be, um, it edges the other two out, other three out. I know, like, it's like someone's gonna be mad at us for not doing their first record but it's just not as good as it's just not like they were learning how to be a band i mean like it's okay it's fine but three cheers is their breakout this is their just like holy crap hitting it out of the park kind of thing and danger days is great too but i think this has to be it and then is it their most important album almost as stupid of a question as does it hold up because well maybe it's not a stupid question i mean i just think that It was such a defining thing of this genre. Three Cheers was big, but, like, this is bigger, man. Oh, yeah. I feel like Three Cheers, if you like... It didn't set them apart a ton from the other people that were doing this. Like, the look, you know, the look kind of looked like all the other bands, you know, with the eyeliner and the suits and the videos and stuff. And, uh, you know, the I'm Okay video I love and the Helena video I love, but you know, the, the dancing, in the Helena video is, is unique, but like, you know, it looked like a lot of the other stuff that was yeah. super. And I love that album. and I love those songs. and I love the videos and everything, but it wasn't, it was cool and it piqued my interest, but this was like, Oh wow. Like you guys have really Absolutely. stepped it up a notch. So to me, that makes it more important. And obviously it goes super platinum. <laughs> it has lots of big super singles platinum. and, and defines a genre visually and with audio, that's pretty.
1: That's hard to beat. We need a formula for, for whatever. Importance. Well, no, no. For inflation to the dollar, like oh a, yeah, inflation for albums sold, like three million two thousand six albums is is worth ten million Mariah carey's <laughs> ninety five right. albums oh, or something like yes, that. Yes, for sure. Well, let's,
0: yeah, there does need right to away. be. It, well, it drives me crazy with movies too because they're always like, "It's breaking oh, box right. office records." I'm like, "Yeah, movies cost gonna six times to as much record. as they did when I went yeah. in 1997." Yeah. So, it's not you're not measuring with the yeah, same. Yeah, but at stick. the same
2: time, if if someone goes gold nowadays, I'm like, "Dang." Well, right, impressive. but it,
0: that's what I'm saying. We're doing the opposite <laughs> with music <laughs> now. It's yeah, like yeah. if you go gold, you're like, "Oh wow, that's super successful."
2: Five hundred thousand. Yeah
0: oh guys this was uh a long one uh thanks for sticking with us uh we love yeah, you're still here way to go yeah we did it. thanks for hanging out with us uh the we, sun's
1: coming up where just like is it time to go to work it is quite literally one in the
0: morning uh <laughs> yeah. when we're recording this just so you all are aware of if we sound like we're tired it's because we are um anyway that's it for us thanks for listening uh if you like what you hear Give us a review on iTunes or the podcast app. Subscribe on whatever you like to listen to Spotify, iTunes, whatever the thing is that you like to listen to this on. Like I said, there's someone out there listening on an iPad. There's someone listening on a HomePod. There's two of you. Uh, I think almost the rest of you are not. Uh, but uh, send us your comments, disagreements, suggestions to info at Finding Emo Pod or on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Finding Emo Pod. Uh, We'd love to chat with you about your opinions on our opinions or your opinions of these records. It's fun to do. Uh, We will catch you next time. Uh, We do one of these long episodes. Uh, or on Fridays for the snack episodes. We're doing Jimmy World's new single this Friday, so check that out. Much shorter episodes. It's like 10 minutes long as opposed to two hours. So check that out. Will we like it? Will we like it?
3: I know.
1: (laughs) I know the suspense is killing Mm -hmm. you and you're
0: sitting on the edge of your chair. Will these three guys like the new Jimmy World single? Uh, You'll have to tune in Friday to find out. Uh, Check it out. All right, that's it for us. We will catch you next time. Bye!
1: Bye.